We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Joe Benito and Evan Roberts on The Fan. Joe and Evan. Evan and Joe. On WFAN Sports Radio. It was only six years ago where we were talking about boat trips and Eli Manning having one last run left in him and everybody in love with this rookie head coach named Ben McAdoo. But unfortunately, that was the last time we had a playoff game involving a local team, and it ends tomorrow. The Giants are back in shocking fashion. I don't think any of us saw it coming, but they are back. Beningo and Roberts on a Saturday. The New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings in the wild card round. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't see that one in August and September. Did you, Joe? No, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I would have to say that. But look, the Giants, uh, they hit the jackpot with the, with the coach. I mean, to me, that's the story. I mean, Brian Dable came in, and he's really turned it all around. Uh, what else can you say? Um, he's the coach of the year. I don't think there's any question about it. And then you bring in a guy like uh, Wink Martindale, who's one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. Uh, you know, Kafka's done a great job calling the plays. And they've transformed Daniel Jones now into a, a franchise quarterback that's going to get paid. <laughs> Let's no be doubt. honest. Daniel Jones is going to get paid big money going forward. And uh, good for him uh, because he deserves it because he's had a tremendous season. It, it's funny. When you think back to all the other first-time Giant coaches that made the playoffs right out of the gate, there's a huge difference between then and now. Because those teams, like Ben McAdoo six years ago. Right. Remember, they had a huge offseason. They went out shopping. They spent a lot of money, and they had a talented roster. So, yeah, they were supposed to win nine, ten games. Mm -hmm. They ended up winning more than that. You know, Jim Fossil's first year, they had a talented team. Dan Reeves, very different because he was already, obviously, an established head coach when he came over. Yeah, that was the last year of Phil and LT for uh, Dan Reeves in 93. And they they had talent, and they won 11 games. This is so different because... This head coach was supposed to have a Robert Solid grace period. He was supposed to have the ability to go out and win four or five games and for every Giant fan to say, okay, like I understand it. This is a rebuilding team. We're going to give you a year. Here's your honeymoon period. And then the expectations start to be raised a year later. The fact that he was able to take this team and this roster with this quarterback to the postseason, 
is one of the more impressive accomplishments we've seen in this town in a long while. But with that said, and I think we've agreed on this over the years, the expectations have changed. Like, now that you're there, now that you're facing this team, a team that you came so close to beating three weeks ago, the bar has changed. Now the Giant fan says, that's great and all. Now win the football game on Sunday. Yeah, the one thing I will say about this game, and look, I've been on the Giants all year. and I I guess maybe I could save save this for the picks. I don't know how how I feel about that. Maybe I should, maybe (laughs) I shouldn't. I've been on the Giants all year. Uh, like I said, Dable's done a great job, set the tone with the game in Tennessee with the two-point conversion. That really set the tone to me for the entire yep. year for this yep. team. There's no yep. doubt. You know, Barkley stayed healthy and had a, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl year. Uh, all of that, the defense, it really, I thought played over the head, to be honest with you. I think the defense played much better than the than the um, talent they have. Dexter Lawrence is a terrific player. Thibodeau's really, really good. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, for most of the year, they're playing with a secondary of guys you didn't even hear of. Yeah. Now, they're going to have McKinney back for this game. They're going to have a Dory Jackson back. They have no injuries. You know, you're looking at the injury report. The Giants have nobody Crazy. injured going into this game, which is absolutely insane. Leonard Williams is healthy, all of that. But I'm a little worried about this game for the Giants from this aspect. Everybody uh, that I talk to or you hear, it's like a foregone conclusion the Giants are going to win this game. You know, I'm gonna let that that worries me a little bit. I have to tell you, Ev, that really I think, does. I think the confidence amongst Giant fans comes from the fact that it was only three weeks ago when they right, played. Right. And the Giants went out, they fell behind ten nothing. Right. Let's think about this. They did. They're behind ten nothing to the Vikings. Yep. They instantly come back. They were up in this game going into the fourth quarter, thirteen ten, and they made mistakes. Daniel Jones turned the ball over, he threw an interception. They had a punt blocked. Yep. They committed a bunch of penalties. Every the aspect. tight end fumbled. Bellinger put the ball yep. on the ground in that game, too. Yep. Daniel Bellinger puts the ball on the ground. Like yep. They made all these little mistakes, and yet it took a 61-yard field goal to beat them. And I think that's where the confidence is coming from, that the Giant fan has seen, and I get it. Like, I think we would think the same way. Like We just saw this team right, three right. weeks ago go into their building, erase a deficit, have a chance to win, and yet they didn't play a great game. Like No one walked away from Christmas Eve saying, wow, the Giants played a flawless game. It was the opposite. They made mistakes on special teams. You mentioned the turnover by Bellinger, the turnover by Jones. They committed penalties, and yet here they were with a chance to win. It almost took like a fluke kick for them to lose the game. And I think that's where Mm -hmm. the confidence is coming from because even last week, the Giant fan, and I totally get why, was saying, get me Minnesota, get me Minnesota, get me Minnesota. A lot of that is how good the Niners are, but a lot of that was we just saw them go toe-to-toe with this team and come this close to knocking them off. Well, look, let me look at this from the Minnesota point of view. I mean, everybody all year has been – I mean, this team won 13 games, okay? Now, right. everybody talks about Minnesota. They actually had a, a negative point differential, which is stunning, but really mostly because uh, 11 of their 13 wins were one score or less wins, and they lost two games where they got hammered. The game where Dallas beat them 40-3, the game where they got beat by or a, a couple of weeks ago by the Packers 41-17, and that really was what skewed that point differential. But this is a team that's hurt it all year. I mean, I you know, Minnesota's hurt it all year. They're not that good. 13 wins, you know. Uh, and I, I'd be a little worried about that, and I'd be a little worried that, you know, you're going on the road into a hostile environment, and you playing a team that's got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder now. I'd be a little worried about that. I really would. Yeah, by the way, you're talking about this point differential, which everyone made a big deal about. There are three teams in the NFL playoffs who had a negative point differential. 
Uh, one is the Miami Dolphins, who I think okay. we all expect. Who barely, get. Uh, barely made it over 500 at 9-8. and eight. Barely made it, right. absolutely. And right. I think the expectation Tampa is... Tampa Bay, is that the other one at 8-9? and nine? Uh, Tampa Bay... You know what? I think they actually had a positive point differential. Did they? Okay. I got to double check that. Maybe okay. they were... You know what? I may have missed them. I think the they Jaguars? may have been a part of it. Is it the Jaguars then? It's not Jacksonville. It's the New York Giants and the Vikings. Like the oh, Giants, the Giants? Okay, well, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I guess so. Right, you're right, right about right, Tampa. Right. You're right about Tampa. I missed them. So there are four teams with okay. a negative point differential. But the Giants are one of them because the Giants were similar to Minnesota in that they won a ton of close games they this did. year. They the did. one game that wasn't a close game was the Indianapolis game. Yeah. So they and won they also a lot. Got hammered the first time by the Eagles. They got beat. What was right. it? 48-22 that game. Right. Right. But, but what does that say? Like, to me, it says that the Giants and the Vikings, to their credit... Know how to win close games. Yes! Yeah, no, I agree. No, I, I, I think there's no question about that. I mean, you know, you win a lot of close games. Well, then you are uh, hardened to win those kind of games. You know, no doubt about it. You're not a team that's been blowing everybody out. Now, all of a sudden, you're in a tight game. Okay, now this is uncharted territory territory, territory for yeah. me. So, I, yeah, no, I think there's, there's something to that. You're right about I that. I don't think it's this negative... Finn. And, you know, I look at the Giants earlier this season. Look at the way they beat the Packers in London. Look at the way they came back on the Ravens at MetLife Stadium. They won a lot of close games. We're sure one play going against them could have been Hey, the Washington game, which really catapulted them to the playoffs. I mean, you know, that was a close game, too. They got some breaks in that game, too, by the officials. But nevertheless, you know, close game, you know, uh, that that was, you know, put that one in there as well. Yeah. And both teams have done that all season long. So I, I sometimes that's portrayed as this negative, as if the team is lucky. I don't think that the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants no. are lucky. No, 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 I, no, no. I think they did a really good job. You don't, of win thir- you don't go games. thirteen and four by luck, and you don't make the playoffs by luck either. Let's put it that way. No yeah. doubt. The question I have about the Giants being healthy is that you know throughout the NFL regular season, we, we and baseball too, we say this NBA as well. If this was the playoffs, would this guy play? Like, yeah, the guy's hurt. Yeah, the guy's missing this game. But if this was the playoffs, would they play? I wonder with a guy like Adoree Jackson, who's so important in this game, especially against the elite receiver like Justin Jefferson, who did whatever he wanted a month ago at a huge game, how healthy is he? Now, he's off the injury report and he's going to play, and that's fantastic. No one's complaining about that. But the guy hasn't played in a month. So is he the Adoree Jackson prior to this injury? Or are we going to see like a limited Adoree Jackson, the guy who's – you know, right. not 100%, but because it's the playoffs, and God bless him for it, he says, suit me up, I'm going to play. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I mean, uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see what he does. I mean, look, Jefferson might be the best receiver in football. What he hit? What was he, 11 for about 130-something, 12 or 11 for 130-something in that game against the yeah. Giants? Yeah, he had Something a monster like game. And right. look, most game, more times than not this season, he's had monster games. He's been right. shut down a few times. Yep. Jair Alexander certainly yep. had a lot to say about it yep. a yep. couple of weeks ago. The Jets played him pretty well when they played. They did score a touchdown in that game, but I think they held him to only about 45 yards receiving. In they did. Game. The Jets did a great job they against did. them. They Even did. though the Vikings haven't run the football all that well this year, they still have Dalvin Cook, and that's been yep. one negative for the Giants. Absolutely, and the Giant defense has been susceptible mm-hmm. to struggling against the run, so that's another aspect of the Viking offense. That could be dangerous in this game, despite the regular season numbers in totality being down for Minnesota. That's one aspect of this giant defense where they've shown kind of a weakness, their ability to stop the run. But their pass rush has come together. The Vikings have injuries on their offensive line. And one thing we know, we saw it with the giant runs a decade ago. Boy, if you can get a consistent pass rush, you can change everything. Oh. Of course. Uh, it's a, And they got the guys that can do it. I mean, Lawrence, uh, second-team All-Pro, he's a terrific player. And Thibodeau can rush the passer. I mean, let's let, let's be real. 
I mean, the Washington game they won in Washington. They don't. Thibodeau basically won that game for him. He was let's great. Be honest about it. Yep. Tremendous. He was great. Yep. He's he's really coming to his own late yep. this season. He has looked worth the pick. Worth yep. how high he was selected. No, no question. And and I mentioned this a lot during the week. And I'm not doing it to be a jerk. I just think it's funny. How about Dave Gettleman? How vindicated yeah. in a lot of ways yeah. does Dave Gettleman ways. look this weekend? The yep. quarterback, the yep. running back, yep. the left yep. tackle, yep. Dexter Lawrence, which was a criticized pick. How could you take a guy like this right. this high? Well, he's blossomed into a superstar. Yes. Yes. You look at those four guys. Dave Gettleman's got to be sitting on his couch this weekend with a cigar with a big smirk on his face. Yeah. Hey, look, you're right about that. I mean, he was hammered. He was basically run out of town, Dave Gettleman. Let's be honest about it. And, uh, you know, to me, bro, it's amazing what coaching can do. Yep. And I, if you got the right – we talk about this all the time. Everybody talks about the quarterback position in football, and obviously it's the most most important position. But you got to have a head coach, man. I mean, yeah, I mean I'm telling you, you ain't, you ain't winning nothing if you don't have a, a, a legitimate head coach in this league. You need the quarterback – you got to have a coach as well. Let's be real about that. And when you're picking a guy who is a successful coordinator, which all of these head coaches usually yep. were for yep. the most part, right. you have no idea what you're going to get. You have no idea. No idea. And we're only one year in, and look, we can be warned from the past, whether it's Eric Mangini or Ben McAdoo, that your first year doesn't mean you're right. going to be the right. long-term answer. But all indications are this guy knows what he's doing, and he is the long-term answer. That they've really got it right after swinging and missing on Judge and swinging and missing on Shermer and swinging and missing on McAdoo. The Giants were in a little bit of a slump. They were in a jet-like slump Very in terms so. of picking coaches, and they went through them quickly. That's the other thing. Ben McAdoo couldn't even last two years. Yep. Pat Shermer got two years. Joe Judge got two years. Three in a row that they can quick. And it really feels like they absolutely got it right with Brian Dayball. Yeah, they hit a home run with him. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And uh, look, going forward, get another draft uh, under your belt here coming up with the Giants. And, you know, maybe next year they're contending for the division. Next year could be. That's going to be the expectation yep. no matter when no this run ends, whether it's right. this weekend no doubt. or sometime no doubt after about that. It. Yep. Yeah, and look, the Giants don't have a lot of playoff experience. I don't know how much that matters. Dayball kind of downplayed that earlier. But they've got coaching playoff experience. And, and let's be honest. I mean, the overall expectation, yeah, I understand the expectations go up. But the Giants are playing with a lot of house money going into this game, too. I mean, they really are. Nobody expected them to be there. You know, I, I, I look at it that way, too, for them. Whatever run they have is, is gravy. The reason, the reason I disagree with that is because you never know when you're going to get back. You you know, logically, we you think, don't. oh, they're going to build off this. But how many times in New York sports have we seen well, – a team, even like I give you a team who we all definitely thought would get back in 2017 when the New York Yankees. You were the only one thinking they were going to be good that year. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. That was the over under year, Joe. I want yeah, some nice. Take- I want some nice money on that, by the way. <laughs> and I, and I won it early on, which I was right. very happy about. Though. Because no I think one. The thought- over under was what 87 wins for them, something like that. Dude, I think it was lower than that. I think it was like 83. Oh, maybe. We- yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, the Yankees right. had very limited expectations. It's not like the Giants. It's not a perfect comparison. But they went out. They got to the ALCS. Yep, they're yep. up three games to two. And even after they lost that series, there was a thought of, oh, they're definitely going to yeah, get back. Yeah, no, that's true. And think about what's happened since. So, they have got back, though. I will say this, though. They have been in the playoffs all the time. They have, but they've never gotten as far no. as they got then. They were in the seventh game of the ALCS. That's true. So... I know it's not a perfect comparison, but that's why, even though the future seems to be bright, I'm not d- denying no, that. No, you don't ever know. 
We just don't know in the NFL. Something happens to the quarterback, injury. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible, as you know. Yeah, I think once you're there, no matter what the expectations were five months earlier, everything changes. And because most Giant fans think, hey, we're going to win this game, I think that also changes yeah. the expectations. Yeah. No, no, it is amazing how, how everybody loves the Giants in this game. And as I always say, that's that always worries the hell out of me. I can tell you that. <laughs> I get it. You know what I mean? Always. We'll, we'll get your calls on this. We'll touch on what the Jets did this week with Woody speaking and firing mm. LaFleur and the future at quarterback. Well, you I mean, mean fire they just let him they just let him go uh, you know, seek different options. Right. <laughs> right. Sure they did. <laughs> We'll what also we'll make our picks on all these playoff games coming up as well. But Ingo and Roberts here on a Saturday up until 1 o'clock this afternoon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, our Saturday show is uh, brought to you by Empire City Casino. Come play for your chance to drive off in a brand-new Dodge Challenger only at Empire City Casino by Town Fair Tire. Nobody, 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 nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Beats Town Fair Tire, and by the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities, visit njcleanenergy.com. I think I've done a Saturday show before Wild Card Weekend every year for like the last 13 years, but my favorite one, Joe, involved you, and that was January of 2011, in which we did a Saturday show from the studios in Manhattan and then promptly drove to an airport right, and got on a private jet to Indianapolis Yep. To see Jets cult, and then as soon as the game was over, took the private jet back. Yep. That was yep. unbelievable. That was unbelievable. There's no doubt about it. It was a tremendous game. Uh, I can still see. Uh, I'll never forget it because my wife was with It was me, you, Ernie, and, and Terry. And uh, we're in Indy. And Nick Folk, of course, makes the game-winning field goal. And I'll never forget my wife. Like, she had her eyes closed. She didn't want to see it. And she's like, <laughs> she's like well, was so was, quiet. Did he, I said, well, that's good. That, that means he made it because yes. it was very quiet. And that was a great game. And then we got home. But we, if, we, if the game would have been at MetLife, right, we, mm. uh, we wouldn't have got home as fast as we did. We, we was got home earlier. It was crazy. We got to live for one night only, the good life, thanks yeah. to coworker Boomer Esiason. The great Boomer Esiason. Thank you, Boomer. I'll never hey, forget that one. Hey, Boomer did Look, he's done me a number of solids. I told you, when I retired, he's sent me and my wife uh, complete sets of golf clubs and the bags as well. Tremendous. So, not too bad. What I remember about that game, and I, and I do think this is going to be a big factor tomorrow in the Giant-Viking game, because we always forget about it, is special teams. Uh, bad special teams, as we certainly remember from 2002 yep, yep. with the game against the Niners, but also good special teams. The main reason the Jets were able to win that game on a game-winning field goal by Nick Folk was the kick return by Antonio Cromartie. Yep, it was a yep. huge kick return that I think got it to about 
their own 45-yard line. So they didn't need right. that many yards in the final minute from Mark Sanchez to set folk up for a game-winning field goal. Special teams was one of the main reasons why the Giants lost that game three weeks ago. And obviously, throughout Giant playoff yeah. history, we've seen the good and the bad. How about the playoff game they played against the Vikings in 1997 oh with the God. onside kick? Yeah, that basically was it Callaway? Was it uh, Chris Callaway that yep. did not come up with the onside kick for the Giants in that game? Yeah, he had a 10-point lead well, with a little over two minutes to go and wound up blowing the game. Yeah. Though the touchdown that got Minnesota within a point would not have counted a year later with instant replay because both feet were not down. Is that right? I don't remember yes. that. Is that right? Yeah, but, okay. but you know what? There's a lot of that in NFL history. Well, there is. No, there's no doubt about it. There, is, just, a, there is a lot of it in NFL. You're 100% I, right I mean, about you could that. look at that in baseball history. Look at yeah. the, uh, the Royals and Cardinals in 85. If there's instant replay, right. you know, things are different. Jeffrey Mayer in 1996. Right. So it, it doesn't matter, but sometimes it's interesting when you see an obvious bad call. And you look back on it now and say, oh, boy, that would Well, go all the happen. way back to really what started the replay, the, the 1979 AFC Championship game between Houston and the Steelers when um, Mike Renfro was the receiver who looked like he caught a touchdown touchdown pass, and they called it uh, that he had his foot out of bounds, whatever the call was. Right. And, and there was no replay at that point in time. It was clearly a touchdown for Houston in that game, and that really kind of set the replay stuff in motion, you know, 40 years ago now. Yeah, we had two kind of two eras of replay. The first one was honestly before my time, which was in the 80s. Then they took it away, and then they yep. brought it back yep. like eight, nine years later, and now we obviously have replay. We can't even imagine sports without it at this I'm point. Very, I'm very mixed on replay. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't really love it. Well, I'm, you know, sometimes it gets too much, bro. You know, sometimes like that, that guy that makes the catch – and, you know, he's got control of the ball, and the ball hits the ground like it, just the tip of it, and maybe it moves a hair. Oh, no catch. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Sometimes it's a little too much with that. Like, they're always looking. Look, how can I look? To, I, I think the officials approach the, the replay. How can I look to overturn the call? I really think that. With and that guys. should be the opposite approach. Replay right. should be kind of yes. a last-ditch effort right. to make sure you didn't screw right. something up in a major way. Yep. That's how I'd view it. Yep. Let's see how confident Dennis and Yonkers oh, is as we to Wild Card Sunday. It should only be you as the leadoff caller, you know? Uh, that's nice of you guys. Evan, Joe, how are you? Good. Dennis. Uh, I, I, I thought, I thought I, when I, I didn't realize it was Boomer, I thought Woody Johnson said that, Jeff, for you, so you could get out to Indy. <laughs> yeah, Woody. Yeah, and tell me, yeah, okay. Uh, how much would I like to hey, sit down and he, talk to that guy? Oh, my he's God. If you'd like it, he wouldn't. Trust no, me. No, he would not. I would. Yes, he, right. He's going to peel off a roll for you for your next quarterback, man. Yeah, great. So, uh, okay. So, obviously, you know, everybody said everything you need to say. I, I like to look at the big picture here, which is the development of the players, the Giants, that have emerged, which is why none of us could foresee this coming. Um, you know, the Dexter Lawrence, I made a comment last year about Dexter Lawrence. I think I made it to, maybe to you, Evan, that it had to be to you, that, um, he, I, I've never seen a guy that big be so invisible on tape year after year. Right. And he was just, he was on skates, couldn't, couldn't get in the gaps right. Boy, the coaching makes a huge difference. O'Shane Zeminez, Julian Love, Darius Slayton. And I'm happy for those guys because they've been through the mill of losing and now they're getting some of the rewards. So that's, that's the good part. And of course, then there's the Jones Barkley combo, which I've talked about before ad nauseum, uh, which is the best, most important part going forward. And then, um, 
there's the, you know, the overall picture. Oh, by the way, I don't want to, I, I, I keep overlooking this guy and you cannot overlook him. Graham Gano is just a safety blanket that great you, you love having. Yes. You know, I, yeah, he's it's a just great unbelievable. Yeah, it's just, uh, Joe, you, you have said what I, what I've always said. Kickers are like relievers in baseball. Good one year, bad the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very few elite are good year after year. Well, I didn't think of Gano that when Dave Gettleman, that's another, by the way, Dave Gettleman signing, uh, Evan. And <laughs> I didn't think of that when we signed Gano, but he's been an elite kicker since the Giants got him. So, um, that brings us to tomorrow where, you know, when I, when the Giants play in Minnesota, I know you guys don't play there as much, but when the Giants play in Minnesota, uh, Old Dome and this one, not so much the university stadium where they were for a couple of years, it feels like a Coors Field baseball game. You score, I score, you score, I score. Which is why, Joe, before the last game, while Evan was traveling around the world, <laughs> I said to you, I said to you, um, the Giants going to air it out this, I, I think, this game. I talked to a couple of people, and it felt that, it also felt like they were going to also. So you never know. They, they keep everything close to the vest. I mean, they don't devote game plans, but I thought it felt like that. Uh, tomorrow, I don't think the ratio will be two to one pass to run. But I think there'll be a pretty good balance. I think they, uh, there's no, I don't think the lack of, of pass attempts is a matter of trusting Daniel. I, I think that went by the boards a long time ago. I think it's just the, the way this team is built. Hey, Eli didn't throw the ball 80 times a game. Neither did Phil Sims. It's just a, it's a matter of uh, a byproduct of where they play and how they basically have been built through the years. I mean, it was Joe Morris. Aldous Anderson, Jacobs, and Bradshaw, and now it's Saquon. You want to make sure the ball's in his hands 25 times. So, um, I don't know. I feel – I don't think and, – and I don't think Giant fans are overly confident. I just think they're rightly so rooting – you know, hoping their team wins and rooting for their team to win. I mean, it feels like something like 23-22. I mean, that's what it feels like. Right. And, um, and as long as it's Graham Gano's field goal that wins it, we're good. You trust the kicker, and that's a good feeling yeah, to have because how many times in NFL history have we seen the Vikings know full well with Blair Walsh missing a chip shot? Oh, man. How? Gets, gets Seattle in the deep yep. freeze. Remember that game in the 10-9 deep freeze? 10-9 game. Yep. yep. Deep yep. freeze. That's when they, for the short period of time. They played where they, in Minnesota. Right. They were outside briefly. University I think of Minnesota. One thing I think is going to be very different offensively for the Giants this week as compared to three weeks ago is, as he's now being called by Saquon Barkley, Vanilla Vic and him using his legs because Daniel Jones has been so effective running the football throughout this season. Look at the Indianapolis game. Runs for two touchdowns, runs for 90 yards. Go back to the Jacksonville game where he ran 11 times for 100 yards. He wasn't used that much with his legs in the Minnesota game. In fact, I think he only ran three or four times, and I think all of them were just plays in which he ran on his own. Like They weren't designed runs for Jones in that game. I think we're going to see a lot more designed runs because the Vikings have struggled against mobile quarterbacks this year too. So I think he's going to run a lot more and Saquon's fresh because they gave him the bye week last week. So I think the Giants running the football with Jones and Barkley will be a much bigger factor than it was three weeks ago when they played them. Jones is a terrific run. I mean, the guy, what he rushed for over 700 yards this year? I think it was over 700. That's That's a big number. I mean, it's not... You know what Justin Fields was doing with the Bears, but I mean, still over 700 yards rushing. That's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, he went 120 carries for 708 yards and seven touchdowns. Not bad 
in his first three seasons, and he did miss time to injury, he never ran the football more than 65 times. So it was essentially doubling that number. A part of it's that he's healthy, but the other part where I give Dayball and Kafka a lot of credit is they've had many more designed runs for him than they had the first three years under a different staff. No question. No question about it. And that's where he's so effective. He's good at it. So... Now, obviously, you get nervous because there's more likelihood of an injury, no question. But I still think, despite the other steps he's made this season, I don't mean this as a negative towards him, the best part of Daniel Jones's game is that. I think yeah. are his legs. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. 100%. Brian is calling from New Jersey. Good morning, Brian. Brian, how are you? Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good. Good. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the uh, Giants and the, and the Jets. Uh First of all, with the Giants, I am so excited. Um, I, you know, I think they I think they're going to win. Um, I'd like to see them possibly win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's not likely. But wouldn't we all like what, to see our team win the Super Bowl? Doesn't yes. mean it's going to happen, but right. we'd like to right. see it. Well, it wasn't likely back in 2007 and 2011, but, you know, it did happen. So it's possible. <laughs> Let me just say <laughs> that. But I'd, I'd like to – but at the same time, you know, I'd like to see, and you guys are probably not going to like this, the Bills win the Super Bowl because of the DeMar Hamlin stuff. Maybe it could be like 1990 Giants and Bills. I, I don't. I, I don't mind it. Buffalo. I think Buffalo is gonna gonna get to the Super Bowl. I don't mind them winning. It doesn't. It doesn't affect me. Let them win it. It doesn't matter now. Well, I'll say this about Buffalo. You know? I really, 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 really want them to destroy their competition this weekend. Yes, I'll say that. And I think they will. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't see how there's any shot for the Dolphins. They anymore. better. Well, the Dolphins are now without Raheem Mostert yep. too, who's been ruled right. out. Right. Obviously, the quarterback situation is rough with Skylar Thompson. And starting. let's be honest, if the Dolphins were playing any kind of a real team last week the the uh bills would be playing pittsburgh on sunday no you're right you're absolutely yeah, right there's no doubt about it while it would still be you know a, a pretty big upset for the giants to go on a super bowl run that that would be very very surprising when you look at the nfc right now and you look around and say okay who are the teams to beat obviously philadelphia has earned that and jalen hurts was having an mvp season before he got hurt but I don't know how healthy Jalen Hurts is right now. I think that's a fair question to wonder what is he going into the postseason. And then the other team that we all deem as a legitimate contender, and they are, as talented as they are, they're employing a quarterback who has started five games in his NFL career. There Pretty is some good, uncertainty though. about that. They, they, they're, they are loaded, though. I mean, oh, they're they, great, no doubt. They, you know, they, they are. That's the team I'd be the most worried about with the Giants. I think the Giants could beat anybody else. In the in the conference, I I just could not see them going into uh, Santa Clara and uh, beating the Niners. The Niners are that. a loaded team. I completely agree, but there's just a difference between the elite level quarterbacks in there the is. AFC. There is, and the quarterbacks we're talking yes. about in the NFC. And that's not a disrespect on Tom Brady, but they were eight and nine. Right. I mean, they were an right. under five hundred team. Right, right, no doubt but about it. One they game a, at terrible a time. Division. Terrible division. Absolutely. Eric is on Long Island. Hey, Eric. Eric. Hey guys, how you doing? Listen, um, I, you know, it's funny. You, you look at these playoffs, the two conferences couldn't be more different. I mean, look at the quarterback lineup the AFC's thrown out there. Yeah. And look at the NFC quarterback. Yeah. It, 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 I've never seen such a difference. You know, I would not be shocked at all 
to see in the NFC all three road teams win. I mean, I, I understand that Seattle, San Fran, they're having very inclement weather there, and you do yeah. have a quarterback who's played five games. It would not be the end, you know, it would not be the biggest upset of all time if in the torrential downpour Seattle somehow comes out and wins that game. I mean, the NFC, who are your established quarterbacks? You have a 46-year-old Brady. You have the Cowboy quarterback who, let's face it, who missed five games and still led the NFL interceptions, missing five games this year. By the way, if Tampa, if, if Tampa does knock off Dallas, where does McCarthy have gone Tuesday morning? McCarthy, the same guy who all the Jet fans wanted to be hired two years ago. Hey, by the way, well, let me just defend um, Mike McCarthy real quick. He's won double-digit games in back-to-back yeah. years. When's the last time that's happened in Cowboy history? Yeah. Yeah, and, but he gets paid to win. You know what? And let me say and, this, uh, too, about Mike McCarthy. You know, uh, uh, let's see. Mr. Rogers has got one Super Bowl championship. And who was the coach at act, by the way? Okay, so let me. I, I right. you guys can kill McCarthy. And I understand. And last year's game against the Niners was one of the worst coach games I've ever seen. But let me say this, too. There's very few games where Mike McCarthy goes into the game and he has the coaching edge over the guy he's coaching against. Well, this game, he's got the coaching edge over the guy he's coaching against. Let's be honest. Okay? Let's be real about that. All right? I think that Mike McCarthy has become a pinata over the last couple of years. He really has. And maybe our our last caller is right. Like, if the Cowboys lose to Tampa, I wouldn't rule it out. Although he's been talking to the Broncos, but who knows? Sure, he's been talking to a lot of teams. But the facts are the facts. And you're right, he has to win in the postseason. But the Dallas Cowboys have had some really good regular season success the last two years. Something we haven't seen in the last decade and a half with that franchise. That's yeah. just the reality of it. Hey, you know, say whatever you want about Mike McCarthy. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, how many division titles has this guy won in Green Bay? And what's his what's his lifetime winning percentage? I mean, God. And he's got a Super Bowl championship. I mean, you know, guy gets dumped on a lot. He's done a lot of Oh, winning, absolutely. Okay? There's no and, doubt about and it. And even just looking at what's happened in Dallas, you know, really since that dynastic era ended in the late 90s, the Cowboys don't make the playoffs in back-to-back years. Usually they have a really good season, then they fall off, then they have a really good season, then they fall off. It's, it's almost an every-other-year affair. They've won 12 games in back-to-back years. Now, that could translate into back-to-back playoff losses wildcard weekend. I get that. Like, it's on the table, but still. Right, right. You know, they're 24-10 and 10 over the last two years with Mike McCarthy as their head coach. That's just the facts. But he is right about the quarterbacks. When you look at the NFC right now. Oh, there's no comparison. Right, yeah, right. A- absolutely. But look at the lack of experience in the NFC. Obviously, Tom Brady has started a career in the postseason, which is crazy. But you look at everybody else. How many combined wins do you have from every other quarterback in the mm-hmm. NFC not mm-hmm. named Tom Brady? The answer is two. Dak Prescott's won a playoff game, and Kirk Cousins has won a playoff game. But Jalen Hurts is 0-1. Brock Purdy's never started one. Geno Smith has never started one. Daniel Jones has never started one. So, yeah, you're talking about just a lack of postseason experience from all the quarterbacks in the NFC. What does it mean? Joe Burrow didn't have any experience last year no. in the playoffs, and he got to the Super Bowl. Well, the three best quarterbacks in football are – you know, all in the AFC. I mean, let's be honest, Mahomes, Allen, and, and Burrow, those are the guys. I mean, all due respect to the, you know, the ancient quarterbacks, Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers, those are the three best quarterbacks in football now, in my mind. And I'm you know right. what's so scary about that? You're right, obviously, with Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow, who have all had some level of postseason success. Mahomes the most. He's won a championship. He's been yep. multiple Super yep. Bowls. Right. But Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert may be on that doorstep. Maybe. They're not there yet. Maybe. 
but they may be close Maybe. to kind of entering that level, and that's just the difference right now between the quarterbacks in the AFC and those in the NFC. Lawrence did not play well in the game against the Titans last week. I mean, they won that game. The defense won that game for him. Uh, he missed some guys. I mean, he had that one guy uh, wide open in the end zone. He overthrew him by about 10 yards, uh, Trevor Lawrence. He missed, some, he, he missed some passes in that game. Look, I think he's going to be really good, and he's got the coach now with Peterson, you know, to really uh, get to the elite level. But just, just pointing that out about that yeah. game against Tennessee. But you know what's great about that? Um, Trevor Lawrence goes into tonight without any postseason experience, just like Justin Herbert, except right. maybe Trevor Lawrence does. Because yeah. last Saturday was a playoff game. Right. Right. I mean, it was. It's also Nash. played in some pretty big games for in Clemson. If that right. means anything, absolutely. I think it does. I, 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 you know, I, I mean, I, yeah. if that means something, right. I mean, he played some pretty big games for uh, Clemson. So. No, you're right. That's why sometimes to define, it's like Joe Burrow last year. Right. Oh, he's, he's getting playoff experience. Well, right. he's played in big games before right. that. Well, he won a national championship at LSU. Right. So, right. You know. So it's it's weird sometimes when we look at this and say, "Well, is that playoff experience?" Mm-hmm. Well, if you play for the national championship, right. that's kind of a big by the deal. Way, by the way, what a disaster, the national championship. I mean, I wanted to see TCU win the game. Thank God I, I was going to bet the money line, but it wasn't big enough for me, and I thank <laughs> God I did not. Um, and I, and I want to say this, too, uh, while you bring that up, okay? I know we're not talking college football. Twelve teams in the playoffs is too much. Let me tell you right now, four is not enough. Twelve is too many. It should be eight teams, and that's it. And you run the risk of what happened uh, in this uh, Georgia TCU game the other night. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you, but the way they're going to do it makes it almost like there's eight teams only because there's going to be a buy for the top four teams so they don't have to waste their time playing. Yes. So you've got the four through 12 all playing the first round. Okay. And then you've got those top four elite level national championship contenders that don't have to play that ugly game because it probably would be. They go right to that next round. Are they going to get rid of all the stupid bowl games? Are they going to? I mean, are they going to finally do that? I mean, I doubt it because it's no, funny. No. But I mean, how bad? You know, let me just say this about the bowl games. You put some of these bowls on, you know, the Sarsaparilla Bowl, you know, whatever the uh, uh, Quick and Loan Bowl, whatever they are, okay? And there's nobody there. You know, you put. I mean, you you, ever, you look at the stands of some of these games, and there's like absolutely nobody there. But you know what's it's terrible? You know what's worse than no one being there is a guy saying a key player like Will Levis, the quarterback of Kentucky, right, right not saying, to play. "I'm yeah. not going to be there." And by the way, I don't blame Will Levis at all. Right, like kid's going to be in the first round of the NFL draft. He doesn't want to risk it. But and I'm glad that's the problem. You, I'm glad you brought that up because I was so happy to see Bryce Young and Will Anderson from Alabama, who may very well be the top two picks in the draft. I mean, it is a good chance they're going to be 1-2, however it plays out. Yes. That they both played in that meaningless bowl game, the Sugar Bowl, against Kansas State. They both played in that game. And to me, that's showing me something. I got to tell you, that to me, that's a big deal that those kids played in that well, game. Well, it, it, I mean, it shows you something, but it also shows a lot of risk. Well, because... it does, but I, but I look at a guy like that and I say, man, uh, you know, I like the fact that this kid was out there playing. I understand the risk. But I also, when I when I look at it, and I want to draft somebody. You know, let let I'm going to give you a perfect example: Jadavian Clowney, okay, mm-hmm. who everybody loved. Oh my God, this is going to be the next Reggie White coming out of college. Well, I mean, he has not been anything close to that. How many different teams has he played on? You know, a guy that didn't want to play, you know, because he was worried about being hurt. You know what I mean? I, I, I look at stuff like that, bro. I don't know, though, if that translates into what player they're going to be at the next level. I get what you're saying, but I also completely understand no, the guy saying— No, it doesn't saying, translate, but it's something that is a— it, 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 For me, anyway, you know, you could call me an old-school guy, which I am, 
You know, I, I like that. I was very happy to see Young and Anderson play in that but game. But would that I mean, here's my question, and I don't think the Jets are taking a quarterback no, in this draft, but no. would that preclude you from taking Will Levis? I don't think he's any good. Well, you know, besides, I saw Kentucky, I saw Kentucky play a lot, and you know, no, people no, I, call me nuts. I don't think he's any good. I don't see no, what's what's the big deal about Will Levis. No, I that's, you, I, I'm that's give, different. Okay, because I, 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 I agree. I agree with start that. Getting into that, I mean, these guys, this guy's, you know, Bryce Young's a, a thousand percent better. And I'll give you a guy who I think's a lot better. Who I don't know if he's going to get drafted or not. I'm sure he'll get drafted. I don't know how high. Stetson that, Bennett. Well, him, but to his brother, to his brother at Maryland, he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, he's not a bad quarterback. I forget what his first name is, but, you know, the younger Tunga Vailoa, that guy. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I just know the Jets Stetson are not. Stetson Bennett's pretty good. I, mean, and I don't Stetson think he's going to be drafted, Stetson Bennett, as impressive as he it's was. to believe. The guy's a winner. He's won two national championships in a row. Yeah, but Jason White was a winner. You know what I mean? I guess, yeah. Now, look, I mean, look. We know one thing about quarterbacks, especially high high pick quarterbacks. Boy, they don't always work out. That's for sure. Oh yes, no, I think we know that full well. <laughs> yes, very we'll, well. We'll get more into the Jets situation, the decision on the floor, what's going to happen at quarterback, and obviously more of your giant calls. We get you set for Wild Card Weekend. All the games right here on the fan, including today at four thirty with San Francisco, Seattle. But Ingo and Roberts here on the fan until 1 o'clock. So real quick, because this happened on Tuesday, I'm curious your thoughts, Joe. Carlos Correa is not going to be a New York Met. Your thoughts on that? Well, the longer it went, the more you knew it wasn't going to happen. I mean, you know, once there was that red flag that went up and now you were hearing that it may not happen, uh, I had already reconciled myself to the fact that it was not going to happen. I mean, the one thing that did bother me a little bit, though, is he goes to Minnesota for like half the years? I mean, all he goes there for six years. Why couldn't he have been six years with the Mets? I don't well, the Mets, that. the Mets offered six years. They offered less money. No, I know. So they decided that based on the concerns they had for the ankle, they were only willing to go six years, same amount of money as they right. were offering in the twelve-year deal. So it's not like they were offering him less. They were just offering him the same amount of money over a six-year period. I think that this ownership group, at least for me. They've earned the trust where they're oh, that yeah. concerned about his ankle. Yeah. Like, they, they obviously well, wanted him to be on the team. Well, they weren't the only team. I mean, right. you know, the Giants did it too. So, I mean, it's not like the Mets were, uh, you know, by themselves doing this. Yeah, it just it stinks because you get teased for 19 days. You know, you envision a lineup with Carlos Correa where the Mets are clearly a better team. Yep. Uh, now Correa's not on the team. You're not going to sign someone nearly as good. They'll make a nice move for a fourth outfielder. I prefer a guy like Adam Duvall, but Adam Duvall is not Carlos Correa. It's no. obviously no. It's different. So it's to me, it's just disappointing. But unlike the years past where we think this would be something the owners leaked out because they don't want to sign somebody, I think this is just the Mets doing their due diligence and Steve Cohen following the doctor's advice that they've got legitimate concern about his ankle, and we'll see. We'll see how it yeah, holds look, up. I have, I have the utmost confidence in this ownership. I really wish Steve Cohen would do something and get, and get involved with the Jets. Buy the Jets, put the stadium where City Field, you know, next to City Field or wherever, yep. and let's go. Yeah, I've got two I mean, things. I, I would love to see that happen, man. I, I, I got to tell you. I've got two things I'd like to see Uncle Steve buy. The New York Jets, you're spot on. 
And then also the WWE. That would be cool. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're a big WWE guy. So. Well, there's a rumor it's going to be sold to the Saudi government. So I'd prefer. Oh, is that right? The Saudi <laughs> government's buying WWE? Well, well, they got some money over there. You know, Ben Salman's got some, some jack. I'll yeah, tell you he's that. He's got some jack. He's yeah, got he's, a lot of jack. <laughs> I understand. So, Steve, if <laughs> you want to. a lot wanna, of oil, too. Yes. <laughs> if you want to buy a football team, the Jets. Uh, and if you want to buy a wrestling organization, right. WWE. It's Joe Benito and Evan Roberts on the fan. Joe and Evan, Evan and Joe, on WFAN Sports Radio. If you want to be in the New York, no, gotta go with Joe and Evan, Evan and Joe. I mean, we gotta commend Pat Boyle. How about these updates? He's killing it. He is killing it. Now he, was, now, he actually, wasn't Pat the uh, producing us last week? Wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. So he yes. went, so Zoom, when are you, Zoom, when are you getting to do an update, Zoom? What's going on with that? I think going? it's a bi-weekly thing, so maybe next week. Ah. Right. Bi-weekly, okay. Bi-weekly. Yeah, this is go. the Spike Eskin administration. He runs the board net last week, screws yep. up by playing the wrong open. Right, right. But don't worry, you'll do updates next week. Hey, you could be like, that's like a politician. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we can't. <laughs> Now, Boyle, Boyle's incredibly talented in all seriousness. I've heard him do shows. He does a great job. He's, Boyle does shows, too? Oh, yeah. He's got well, all the so skill, he's man. Like a multi Boyle's, you're like a multifaceted guy. Is he listening to us here? Praise him or what? I have no idea. He no, left? he actually uh, took back off to the anchor chair. Oh, he's, uh, he left. Okay. He went to the anchor chair. Where's that? What do you mean the anchor chair? I mean Where? the anchor closet that they built in the corner. I should uh, rephrase. <laughs> the anchor. Oh, is that that? Like, so when you go in there, they got like those little closets off the uh, thing. Yep. Where the, you know, where only one person could probably get into. And that's, he hides in there. He hides yep, in that's there. That's where they stick him. That's it. Wow. That's where he hangs out. But he's done a hell of a job. Hosts a show. He's giving wow. us the updates. He produces. He runs boards. He dyed his hair blonde. He's very talented. He dyed Multi-talented. his hair blonde, too? I noticed a blonde streak in his hair a couple weeks ago. Platinum blonde. Platinum blonde, yeah. So Boyle, Boyle had dark hair, and now he's got platinum blonde hair? But he pulls it off, Joe. Does he? he? Pulls it off. Okay. it is so. kind of a dirty blonde right now, which looks real good. Uh, reminds me of me when I was young, and I, I used to put sun in, in my hair. But that didn't... <laughs> That wouldn't work now, I can tell you right now. Speaking of when you were young, <laughs> we hit a benchmark this week. You yes, brought you this up years ago, and it, it resonates because when I grew up as a young sports fan, one of the first things I learned about was a chant, and it was a chant I screamed many times before I turned 11, and that chant was 1940 right. because I'm a kid from Long Island. Like right. That's just what we Understandable, knew. Understandable, which I get. And so, obviously, that chant, for anyone who's too young listening right now, was a chant that mocked the Rangers because the New York Rangers right. had not won a Stanley Cup well, let since me tell you, 1940. Well, let me tell you, right, and it's been 29 years now for them. They're going to be chanting 1994 soon. For, yeah, the with, problem yeah. is they could chant that at the Islanders, too. It's not like they've got That is true. Uh, yeah, 1983 is a while ago. I, I, you're right about that. Exactly, but... That was a benchmark, you know, 54 years for the Rangers to finally win a Stanley Cup. And I remember a few years ago, you brought it up for the first time because I didn't think about it this way. You said, hey, uh, you know, we're not that far away from the Jets matching the 54 years. And we've done it. We're here. We've made it. The New York Jets are now the New York Rangers, except there's no championship around the corner. Right. Well, here's the other thing, too. I mean, you know, it was like the holy – for the Ranger fan and for the Rangers in general in this town, 
It was like the holy grail for the Rangers that they hadn't won in so long. That's You don't get that sense here with the Jets. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not the same feel. You know, it's not romanticized like it was with the Rangers. It's not even close. And we're talking about football as opposed to hockey. Well, how do you explain that? I, I because I how do I explain that? I yeah. think one of the big reasons is because they're a second fiddle team to the Giants. That's number one, and I think number two, the identity crisis that the Jets have always had because they have never, and even when they played in Shea Stadium, because it was really the Mets Stadium, the Mets dictated everything that happened there. They have never had their own stadium, and to me, that is a major deal with the Jets. It's not talked about enough. This place that they play in now is not their own stadium. I'm sorry. You know, it's still the Giants stadium. They could make it as green as they want to make it. They could put up the Ring of Honor and all this nonsense that they do. And it's still the Giants stadium. And I think that's a big part of it, bro. I really do. The Giants are far and away the number one team in football in this town. And I think that's... You know, and the fact that they don't have, they've never really had, they, the, the identity of the Jets is still Joel Namath. Think right. about it. Right. Does it also help or hurt that no one chants the year the way we used to chant 1940 at the I, Rangers? I th- well, I think so. I mean, who's chanting? I mean, I don't, right. see, you know, I don't see the Patriot fans chanting that. No, I know. it's a, That was yeah. the one kind of team that had a chant, like a mocking right. chant, obviously. Right, which- right. We can no longer do. It's been many years since right. an Islander fan has been able to have that champ, but that was kind of a part of the rivalry. But it is crazy that they've matched that and number. And we're not that far away from the Knicks matching that number, too, by the way. They're well, on their well, way. Uh, yeah, well, look, I mean, uh, the Knicks are still four years behind the Jets, but let me say this also. You know, the Knicks, the way the Jets are going, they will obliterate that 54 years. The way they're going. Well, you, you know, know they're, I mean? they're going to catch the Red Sox at this rate. They may. They, they may. may. The Cubs. Never mind the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. They're on their way to the Cubs. You know what I'm saying, bro? What so, a disgrace. So they did make the change of firing LaFleur, which I wasn't surprised about because I think Woody wanted to do something. Right, right. You know, Woody hasn't really made a decision in a long time. I know that Christopher probably called him up while he was away, but I, I, I truly believe that he wasn't involved in the day-to-day, and considering that this Jet offense was so limp over the final few weeks, they couldn't get in the end zone, they finished the season ranked, I think, 28th in points scored. Last year, they were 30th, 31st. Like, I think there was going to be a fall guy, and to me, the quarterback's one of the biggest issues because they don't have one. Well, that is the biggest issue to me. No doubt. So are you okay with firing LaFleur? No, I really wasn't uh, because I, I, I just – look, to me, they, you know, they tried to make it like, you know, he would t- to explore other options. They went to Salah and said to Salah, look, either, either you get rid of LaFleur or you're all gone. And he, and he wound up – you know, LaFleur wound up going. I would have kept them, bro, all together. They came in together. Let them stay together. You got one more year. And if you, if you don't get it done, you're all going out at the same time. So, I mean, and who they bring – now – if you tell me they're bringing in a guy, let's say like Frank Reich, who would be my the guy I would want to see be the offensive coordinator here. I mean, to me, um, I'd love to see him be the guy. I don't know if that's going to be the guy, but we'll see who it's going to be. But I didn't like it. I, I really didn't. And, you know, we talked about it too. Now, the, the owner did come out and say that he's going to do whatever he has to do to bring a veteran quarterback in here. But what does that mean? Is that veteran quarterback going to be, let's say, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starting quarterback? Or is that quarterback going to be, let's say, Andy Dalton or Gardner Minshew right. to back up Zach Wilson? 
Right. I mean, uh, you know what? What exactly does that mean from that's Woody the, that? But your money, because that's the huge difference. Are you bringing right. someone who's clearly the starter, right? Or are you bringing in a quote veteran in to compete with Zach Wilson, right? Which I don't want. Which I don't think you no. want. Which no. I don't think a lot of Jet fans want. No, absolutely. Because not. I don't believe that all of a sudden with a new offensive coordinator and with competition from a veteran, Zach Wilson's going to flourish. But what concerned me when I first heard the news. Because I was on the air, it was like 6.15, so the show was almost over. My right. first concern was, oh, here we go. They're keeping Zach. That they're blaming right. LaFleur. Yeah. Right, right. And they're going to bring another voice in to try to right. fix Zach Wilson. Can I say and- one thing, though? He has not been coached well. I will say that. Yeah, I, I agree. Do, I do agree with that. I agree with that, but that doesn't mean no. you should double down on no. a mistake. No, absolutely not. Because it's a mistake. Yeah. Zach Wilson has been a mistake. And, yeah, it's not 100% yeah. on him. A part of it is that there's been bad coaching, no doubt. We've talked about that for years with the development of young quarterbacks, that coaching matters. But I don't want to run it back with a new offensive coordinator and say, okay, let's give it a try now in year number three because how can you have a playoff mandate or have playoff expectations when you're throwing a guy out there who's regressed like that? Well, that's why I really don't think that's how it's going to play out, bro, because these guys got to win now. And let's be honest, you think Salah, Douglas, all these guys, you know, they want to win now. I mean, how much longer do we have to continue to try to develop Zach Wilson to be a winning team? You know, I agree. I agree, and ideally I would hire an offensive coordinator with experience, someone who's called plays before, right. somebody who's done it before. Like, I told you, Frank Reich is the guy. I'd like Frank to Reich is fine, yeah. I think Frank Reich's a good hire. I don't know if he wants the job, though. I don't know. Frank probably still fancies himself as a head coach, and then also he can be very, very picky about what offensive coordinator job he wants. Right now this Jet job is not doesn't good. feel appealing. Like, What's appealing about it? That's that's another reason why, to me, you hit it on another reason why they, they shouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? I mean, because who wants to run here and be, you know, some nondescript guy, I guess. But, I mean, who's going to run here and take the job, you know? You don't know who the quarterback is. Right. And you know that the head coach is on the hot seat. So you're yep. probably, yep. if things don't go well, going to have to look for another new job in 2024. So, yeah, obviously, if you're a first-time guy, you're looking for that chance to be an OC. But I wouldn't want that. I want a guy who's done it before. I know he's got a terrible reputation for his one year as a head coach, but Nathaniel Hackett has a resume. He made Blake okay. Bortles look good in Jacksonville. He's not bad. I, yeah. I, could, I could live with uh, with Nathaniel Hackett. I've heard Gary Kubiak's name mentioned too. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a possibility. I but, just you know, don't think he is going to do it. He's retired. probably not. Right? Is he going to come right. out and do? It? I've heard right. his son has an option. Clint K- Kubiak, I think, is really. What is, yeah. Where's he? Where's, where's Clint Kubiak? I'm not sure. I'm not up to date on on his resume as much. I just heard that. Oh, yeah, they okay. want Gary Kubiak. Who wouldn't? I think that'd be a great hire. Yeah. And then, but his son is some. I, I got to look up where his son is. I'm not as familiar with him. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Matt Nagy. Um, where is it you said, uh, Big Zoo? Clint Kubiak is with the Broncos. He is the uh, passing game coordinator. Oh, is that? Okay. <laughs> But that he doesn't have that experience. Didn't work out. That and that didn't work out too well uh, with the Broncos. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not like the resume right. is that impressive. And they had Russell Wilson. I mean, you know, it's not like they had some uh, you know nondescript quarterback there. My number one option uh, for this job is Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator at the University of Georgia, who's been in the NFL with okay. Tampa Bay. Done a pretty good job at Georgia, I guess, huh? You think so? Yeah, He's made Stetson Bennett look pretty good. They haven't lost a game in how many years now, right? Oh, they did lose one. That's right. They did lose to Alabama last year in the SEC championship game. Right. And then came back and, and beat them in the, in the, uh, in the, big, in the championship game. So. But I think the problem is with Todd Bunkin, much like a lot of these guys, why would he want this job? 
Why would he leave that yeah. job for yeah. this job? Yeah, that's a pretty good job there in, uh, in with the with the dogs, you know? Yeah, it's a very good job with the dogs, and the job with these dogs isn't that good. No. You know? I don't no. know if I'd want that job. No. So that's that's the negative, but they're they're going to go after a quarterback. The question is, what level? You know, yeah. well, they got to. To me, it's a, it, it, they got to bring in a, a, a guy who's going to be the star. I if if I was calling the shots, I only wish I was. If I was calling the shots, I would. Uh, to the guy I want is Derek Carr. Okay, that's the guy, and I would make Mike White the backup. That's how I would play it. So, but what do I know? I've been very curious about this because Boomer sometimes says things without saying things. Right. And I've heard whenever Derek Carr's name is mentioned, Boomer just say he's not a New York guy. And that's kind of hit my ear like, okay, what does he know? I actually I yeah, respect right. Boomer. I'm not saying this right. in a mocking yeah, no, way. No, 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 I understand that. So I heard his show this morning with Valenti, and he actually got into more detail on it. And then I did more research based on what he said. And right. here's what I've come up with on what he and others are saying about okay. Derek Carr. Go ahead. Derek Carr doesn't believe in cursing. Derek Carr once corrected a reporter and said, don't say damn, that's not, that's too much. Okay. And that damn is not exactly an F-bomb here. And that there's this belief that because he's so straight-laced like that, that he wouldn't fly in New York City where maybe we would curse once in a while. Maybe we're a brasher fan base. Is that enough of no, a reason? No, that means to- absolutely nothing to me. Okay. And I, it doesn't. That means nothing. I mean, what, what, what does that mean? Well, he, play, he played in Las Vegas. Nobody curses in Las Vegas. I mean, well, you know, come on. You know what I mean? I, 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 no, nah, I, 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 that doesn't bother me whatsoever. And, and, you know, look, I like Garoppolo. I do. But the Garoppolo, he's a winner. There's no question. And he's probably a guy, you know, that would flourish in New York. You know, a good-looking guy, the whole deal, all of that. Yep. But he gets hurt too much. He gets hurt a lot. Yep. That's, you, that's the problem. I mean, I can't bring a guy here that's going to be, you know, I need, I need a guy. Look, we all, like I always say, and I forget who said it, but it's so true, the greatest ability is availability. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. want the guy that's going to play, you know. So that's, me, that's why, far. is that the real reason or the main reason? that you're not as interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson, who, as the days a, go by, feels available. I number, there's a number of reasons there. Number one, the injury thing. Number two, I think he's very overrated. He's a running, he's a running quarterback. I don't love that. And number three, the biggest thing to me with Lamar Jackson, nobody talks about this. Look, I look at the Ravens as being one of the top organizations in the NFL. They're a top five organization. They know what they're doing. All those years, Ozzie Newsom was one of the great talent evaluators. I don't think he's there anymore. I forget who the GM is now. But they got one of the best court coaches in John Harbaugh. So it's a red flag to me. Why would you be in a hurry to get rid of Lamar Jackson? Why? Okay, you know so, I mean? yeah, but here's my answer to that. Eric DeCosta is the guy who now runs the okay. show over there. Okay, And you're right. You're 100% right. Very well-run organization. No doubt. I think this all goes back to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was able to get a fully guaranteed contract. Right. And there was a team willing to give it to him, right. which, okay, just forget about the off-the-field stuff. Right. A well. quarterback got a fully guaranteed contract. Lamar Jackson, who's now had injuries in his right. career and right. wants to protect himself, which I totally understand we all do in the NFL, you're not guaranteed much, is saying, hold on, you gave that guy Who's good? No question. Deshaun Watson's right. good. Right. But he's also got a... a he's got major baggage. Yeah. That's, that's the deal. Lamar doesn't have any baggage. From all we know, no. Lamar's a fine no. guy. There's nothing wrong with him. No. Lamar right. Jackson is saying, excuse me, you just gave that guy, not the Ravens, but an NFL team, a fully guaranteed contract. I want that. And the Ravens have said, no, we're not going to follow what the Cleveland Browns have done. 
I think that's what this is all about. The Ravens are saying, no, we're not giving you a fully guaranteed contract. Lamar is saying, I want one. That's the future at that position. And I think he knows the truth, which is, and I think you'll agree with me on this, someone's going to give it to him. Right. But, uh, but again, it goes back to this. Why would the Ravens be such in a hurry to not give it to him? You know what I mean? I, that that that's that's a big deal to me. But and I think I, I don't look. I I don't like him as much as you do. I'm just I'm not a big fan of Lamar Jackson. I think he's overrated. Uh, he's been on this team. That's why I think he's won one playoff game so far. And he's a guy that's going to get hurt again because he's a he's basically a runner. You know, he's going to be he's not Josh Allen who's, who's like a you know like a defensive tackle as a runner. Right. You know, so I I I worry about stuff like a that. A lot I of really it. Do. A lot of it's John Harbaugh on the defense and how good the Ravens are. He's 45 and 16 as a starting quarterback okay. in the NFL. I understand. And to compete with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, you got to come at them with I'm not saying a guy who's better and Lamar is not better. But he's closer what? to their level than Here's Derek the Carr is. What am I giving up? I got to give up like my firstborn child to get this guy. Oh what yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah, you're I right. Mean, I, I'm not giving up like three drafts for this guy. I just, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm very leery of Lamar Jackson. There's a major, very there's a major risk, and I agree with you about this. There's a major risk in pursuing Lamar Jackson because of the injuries, because he's, you know, he's 26, so he's incredibly young. But no, he's still young. Yeah, he when you run as often as you run and you're dynamic like that, you're just more likelier to get hurt. It's just yep. the reality. I mean, yep. Yep. I think yep. we all get that. I think to me, my interest in him is that the Jets play in the AFC where there are big time quarterbacks everywhere. Understood. Understood. And to compete with those teams, because I want to do more than just make the playoffs as you do. I want to try to win a championship. Of course. And I think you've got to try to get close to that level of quarterback. Like, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. If the Niners were in the AFC right now with this team and they're loaded, uh, where would you rank them in the AFC in terms of Super Bowl contenders? Well, I mean, I you know, I don't know. They're pretty good. I mean, I understand Brock Purdy. I mean, they got a terrific defense, probably the best defense in the league. Um you know, I mean, I still got to put him up there. I'd still have to put him right in, right in with those three teams that have the quarterbacks, right? Would I you mean, feel comfortable to... with Brock Purdy? And I know it's not a mono mono thing, and the Niners are a loaded team, but would you feel comfortable about the idea of Brock Purdy, year in and year out, having to knock off Patrick Mahomes and right. or Joe well, Burrow and or Joe and or Josh Allen and or Justin Herbert if he takes another step? Right, right. right. Like the, that, only thing I'll, the only thing I'll cool. say to that is, do I do I really know exactly what? Brock Purdy is yet. I, I would. That's my only caveat to that. No, and that's I don't fair. really guy, know what he is. I mean, I understand he's Mister Irrelevant. He was the last pick in the draft and all of that. But what does that mean? He's only started five games in the NFL. Like I understand right. that. Right. So I don't. Maybe Brock Purdy is 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 the real deal. I mean, so far he's been, but he is on a team that's loaded and he's got a very good head coach in Shanahan. So, I you know. I don't know. I, I got to see. I got to let me see what he does in the playoffs before I uh, would make that determination. I'll say that. Well, he's going to have quite a challenge because his first playoff game is going to come in a driving rainstorm with but, wind all over the place. I know the weather's been terrible out there. They've had all kinds of rain out there in California. I know it's been bad for a while there. Yeah, very interesting. Before we get back to your giant calls, how about this quarterback idea from Al in Massapequa? What's going on, Al? How are Al. you? Al, are you there? Oh, that was my fault. I'm trying to hit it, and it's not working. Maybe you could help Big Zoo. For whatever reason, my screen isn't Zoo, working. get Al in here. I want to hear what he's got. You got him? Oh, the phones aren't working. You know what I'll do? When we come back, we'll try to get to him. If it doesn't work, I'll tell you his quarterback idea. How could the phones not be working? 
Is that possible? How is well, that? but then again, but then again, the airlines weren't working the other day. So why would it be a problem that the phones would work? I mean, right? That was something. The way we were grounded for the first time since nine eleven. I think it was don't crazy. Get, don't get me going. We, you, you don't want you don't want to get my thoughts on these things, do you? No, you no. Don't. Well, sometimes I do. Actually, no, Oliveira certainly doesn't want to. <laughs> I can tell you that. We'll come back. I'll, I'll tell you Al, or Al will tell you his quarterback idea, and then obviously a lot more on Giants, Vikings, Beningo, and Roberts here on the Fanta One. So unfortunately, there's one line on our phones that I doesn't heard that. work. Right, it was okay. this guy, Alan Massapequa, who had an idea about okay. a jet quarterback. And I, Let me hear this one. I'm curious what you're going to say to this, because he is a free agent, and he's probably going to leave his team, and that's Tom Brady. I can't. You know what? I, I don't know if I would feel about Tom Brady coming to my team. I, first of all, um, I don't think he'd ever play for the Jets. I, I, I don't think so. I think that there's too much of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Belichick angle there. Uh, I don't think – I cannot see him playing for the Jets. Um, I, you know, he's going to be – let's let's be honest about Tom Brady. The guy's going to be 45 years old. I mean, I I know he had some nice comeback wins this year. Or he is 45, whatever he is. He's going to be some, 46 next year. At some point, it's going to end. And with the luck that we have – He'd come to our team, and there would be the end, you know? Like, they'd be, like, like after four weeks, they'd be, you know, caught them off on, on the stretcher. You know what I mean? No, I, I trust uh, me, I get it. <laughs> plus, plus, it would be very, you know, it's similar to the Michael Jordan thing with the Knicks, okay? There's no way I could, I, I, there's no way I could, would want Michael Jordan on the Knicks back in the old days. I, that's like selling my soul to the devil to win. I mean, I, I, I'm not doing that. That's not worth it to you? I mean, it's been 54 years. You nah, were 15 nah, the last time. Yeah, and I, you know, I, look, if Tom Brady was 35, I'd say, yeah, okay, Tom Brady, I'll take my shots at Tom Brady. But at almost 46 years old, I think you're playing with fire. I really do. Yeah, I've I've gone back and forth whenever this is brought up. I I tend to agree that he probably wouldn't want to ever play here. The only thing I pause on that is that he's lived in New York City before, right. and maybe he's, he's going to go stick it to Belichick. I mean, that what, what better place to do it than the Jets? Because we all know how much Belichick hates him. Absolutely, that stick it true. to Bill from a lifestyle standpoint. I think right. he's lived in New York City right. before. I think one of his kids lives. I think in New Giselle York. probably has the apartment now. You know? Yeah, single in New York. I right. mean, there's a lot of right. right, a lot of reasons outside of football where you could say, "Oh yeah, I could see him wanting to live here." But I tend to agree with you because of the fact he's going to be 46. Like I said, if it was if he's 35, I let's go get me Brady, bring him in. You know, yeah. I, I I think it's you know I don't think though. I would feel dirty about winning with him because uh, yeah, I w- it's not as bad. I will say this: it wouldn't be as bad as Jordan. I'll say that. I'll give you that. It's it just would not be. It's also like I'm desperate to win. You're desperate to win. Right. I mean, who right. the hell cares how you get there? But I just, I just think if, you, if Tom Brady at 46, man, at, you know, I just think to- eventually, father times catching up to Tom Brady, and with all luck, he, he, this is the team it would catch up to him with. You know, what so I mean? the if rumor. We got him. The rumor going around, Craig has been saying this for weeks as if he has some knowledge, like a little twinkle in his eye, is that Tom Brady's going to sign with the Miami Dolphins. How would you think of that? What would you I've think heard of that? that. I've heard that. I, I, okay. You know, I, I'm not going to go. Fine. Go ahead. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I mean, look, he, he was, how good was he in Tampa this year? And I understand he had a terrible head coach in Tampa. But, I mean, they were 8-9. They had a losing season. I mean, if they were in another division, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I don't know how good Mike McDaniel is as a coach. Do you? You no, I think the jury's out, but I also right. think that the excuse has already been written, and I get it, that this team's going to get blown out because Skylar Thompson yes. is starting. 
Yeah, well, so I think the excuses for him have already been written, and I, I, I mean, I understand is that. Is Tua going to retire because of concussions? I mean, what are they just going to dump him? I mean, Boy. or is it a physical thing with, with Tua? You I, know I think what I mean? that's a tough spot, you know, forgetting about Brady for a second. If I'm the Miami Dolphins, who feel very close to winning, they look like a contender much earlier this Wasn't season. Wasn't the rumor the t- also that Sean Payton was going to wind up in Miami with him? Wasn't that, that the rumor? That, that was a rumor. I don't know if they would do that now. I'm not sure if they would dump this guy after one year, if McDaniel would be gone well, after Flores a year, after two, that's he, he had winning seasons both times. I don't need to make the playoffs, but and and you've got a chance at a Super Bowl winning coach. Like I get it, I understand. Right, right, you have a chance right, at a more right, proven right. thing, but the two thing is complicated because for him personally, forget about what the Dolphins would do. Do you still want to play football? I mean, you've dealt with multiple concussions. We know how that could affect your life long term. I mean, he's got to make a personal decision that obviously I can't make for him. I mean, I I don't know what he's thinking in regards to that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that with him. I don't know. But if and you're I don't the know Dolphins, how good he it's... really is. I mean, I, he's he's okay. I mean, I, I don't think he's anything you know great. He's well, not an elite quarterback by any stretch. Too. He was having a really really good season prior to the injuries, right. but I don't know if you could ever trust that he's going to stay healthy. Right. So if I'm the Dolphins, I right. understand why, especially right. with this roster, where you say, "Hey, I want to win right now. I'm not messing around." I mean, we talk about the drought the Jets have been in. The Dolphins are in yeah. a we-can't-win-a-playoff-game drought. Yeah, Well, they and, haven't been to a Super Bowl since 1984, and they haven't won one since 1973. So, you know, it's a, it's a long time for them as well. I mean, let's be real about it. They also haven't won a playoff game since right. when? 1999 yeah. or two? I think it was 2000, yeah. actually, that they won. Uh, Marino's last year. Marino's, okay. the last playoff game they won, I believe, was against the Seahawks. Was it Seahawks they beat? They beat. I, I think it was Seattle still in the AFC at that point. Oh, they, they were been. definitely yes. Okay, so I think they, I think they beat the Seahawks, and then before they got whacked in that sixty-two to seven game by the Jaguars in a divisional round. Yeah. I think I saw that was ninety-nine. That was Marino's last year. So that's probably ninety-nine. Is probably not. It. You know what it is? It's it's two thousand. They won the wild card game against the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Yes. 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 That's so right. it's it's two thousand. And then they lost to who? The Ravens, right? They, they, no, 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 no. They the lost Ra- to the Oakland Raiders, twenty-seven nothing. Okay, twenty-seven nothing to the Raiders. Twenty-seven nothing. And the Raiders yeah. lost the championship game to Baltimore. That's right. right. Yeah, the last right. time they won a playoff game, their right. starting quarterback was Jay Fiedler. Jay Fiedler, right? And Lamar Smith ran for two hundred and nine yards and two touchdowns in the game. Right. And Peyton Manning was mediocre. A young Peyton Manning was. Mediocre. Who was the coach? Who was the coach of the Dolphins? At Dave Wanstatt was the coach. Oh, was, it, was was Wanstatt the coach of that? Team? Yeah. And they won the game in overtime. Lamar Smith rushed no, for a touchdown the game. in overtime. I remember yeah. the game. And I think Vanderjack missed the game-winning field goal in that, too. I, did, I think you're right, yeah. Similar to what he did in the Jerome Bettis game five oh, years later. He didn't just miss that kick. I mean, no, that was... That was the lick-it-up kicker comment by... Uh, yes. Was that the one, or was it the, was it the one against Miami where he said that? Uh, well, he said it at the Pro Bowl because he was responding to a comment Vanderjack made. Okay, so right, I don't know right. if it was – he said it at like a Pro Bowl event, so it wasn't okay. necessarily after a game. But the Dolphins have lost four straight playoff games. 2000 right. they lost, 2001, right. 08 with Chad, and then 2016. Yeah. Chad got chopped up by the Ravens in that game. I well, they've been chopped like three up. Three or four picks. They've been chopped up in every game. In their last four playoff games, the Dolphins have been outscored 104-24. to 24. Wow. So it hasn't been pretty. Wow. They haven't been competitive in a playoff game in 20-plus right. years. Right. Let alone win a playoff. My heart's not bleeding for them, by the way. 
No, I don't. I don't feel see how they're going to be competitive in the one tomorrow either. To be very honest about it, I don't. No, I agree. Either. I'm I'm going to at least for a year get to add to this total. It's going to be 104 to 24. God right. knows what that number is going to be. You know, right. tomorrow at 4:30. I, I, I'm surprised they're only 13 point favorites in this game, Buffalo. I mean, I, they could easily be a, a bigger number than that. I mean, how big do you want it to be? Well, I mean, it, you know, 13 it means you know two touchdowns they cover. You know what I'm saying? It's still so, a divisional game. It's still it is a divisional are, game, and they yeah. play two two great games. I mean, the the game that you know second game of the year they beat them in Miami, beat them down there twenty one nineteen, and then of course that Saturday night game uh, where they lost uh, thirty to twenty seven was the final score in that game. Buffalo right. won. You know, but that was with Tua, but that was also with Tua as a quarterback. It's funny, during this collapse that the Dolphins had where they lost the five in a row before they beat the Jets, you know, by the grace of God, right. they were they were in every game. You know, it's not yeah, as if they were they getting were. annihilated every right. single game. No, no. They, they, they were competitive. They lost, to the, they lost to some good teams. I mean, they lost to the Niners. They lost to the Chargers. They lost yep. to the Packers. You know, so they lost to some, you know, pretty decent teams. They lost that. to either playoff teams or borderline playoff right. teams. Right, right. Right. That's who they were losing to. But, you know, obviously, and it's fair excuses. The quarterback situation, Mostert being out, it's very likely they're just going to get destroyed tomorrow. And I yes. hope so. I'd be disappointed if that's a close game at the half. I'd be annoyed. I think Buffalo's going to the Super Bowl. And by the way, can I say this? You know, this idea that they're going to play this, if it's Kansas City and Buffalo, they're going to play the game in Atlanta? What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. How, did, how, how the hell does Goodell come up with Atlanta? I mean, I, you, we talked about this last week. This should be in an outdoor stadium because they're both outdoor teams, cold-weather teams, and that's where the game should be. But if you're going to play – I mean, does it make sense to play it in Atlanta? I mean, maybe Detroit, maybe, but Atlanta? Yeah, the only thing I think the league is looking for, and I, I'm not looking for this and you're not looking for this, so this is why we're going to disagree, is that you're taking these elite offenses and elite quarterbacks and you're putting them in a climate-controlled environment, which logic would tell you we're going to see a ton of points. You know, we're yeah. going to see you know, maybe a 43-40 game. So I think they're looking for the best football involving many points. I'm not looking for that. I'm right. looking for the fairest thing to do, considering the situation. Well, I'm and that would that be doesn't happen. I I, I don't want to. I, I hope one of them loses because I do not want to see that happen. That game in Atlanta. Yeah, and how about the fact that Patrick Mahomes has never played a postseason game on the road, and that's going to continue. He's had neutral site games, obviously, in the Super right, Bowl. Right. This right. AFC title game would potentially be a right, neutral site game, right, but right. every game he's played in the postseason. Uh, has been at home. It's insane. It's unbelievable. I mean, it really, it really, the, the whole thing with the Chiefs. I mean, in 50 years without a Super Bowl, and now they're like, uh, you know, they're on that jet plane. They're on that private plane just zooming along. Well, know? if they if they can win our another. Our team's in a canoe. Our team's in a canoe with a, <laughs> with a broken oar. You know yes. what I mean? And it's sinking. You know, there's a hole so, in well, the middle of it. Of course. Yeah, the Chiefs and the Jets used to have a very similar history. Right. They used to be identical. Right. And then something changed called a head coach and a quarterback. Right. That's exactly right. I think they got to get one more, one more championship, and then we could start talking about them as a dynasty because they're there every year. They're in the AFC title game right, right. every single season. They've been to multiple, three Super Bowls. Now right. they got to, you know, go win a couple. Well, two. No, two Super Bowls. Two, mind. not yes. three. Not two. They should they have been there last the Bengals. year. Well, they lost to the Bengals. You know? that, that was the, the stunner. Let me tell you something. The Bengals, look out, man. The Bengals are good, man. They won, how many games in a row have they won? They're like on a big like six, seven-game winning streak on top of that, right? Yeah, they come into the playoffs incredibly hot. They haven't lost since October 31st in Cleveland against the Browns. Right. 
Right, right, they, right. And that dropped them to four Wasn't and four. that a Monday night game? I think it was a Monday night game. A night, it yes. was a night game, I'm pretty sure. Yep, it was a Monday night game. Right. Monday right, night game. Right. I'm still, I remember last year at this time, or a few weeks later, when Kansas City was hosting the Bengals in the AFC title game, it felt like the surest thing yep. that they were yep. going back to a Super Bowl. Yep. And so that's why in sports, like, you never know. I mean, well, Mahomes seen... was terrible. If you remember, Mahomes had a terrible second half in that game. He was not good in that second half yes. against Cincinnati. Everything changed in the second half of that yep. game. Yep. And who knows? We could get a rematch. I mean, we're online for like a Cincinnati Buffalo second round matchup and maybe Kansas City Chargers or Kansas City Jacksonville, assuming we don't see anything crazy, which means if you're Buffalo. Can't see to- Kansas City losing to either of those teams, to be honest with you. Can't no, I, I agree. I think so where I could see Cincinnati going into Buffalo and winning. I mean, I definitely could see that. So if that happens, that means the Kansas City Chiefs would be in a championship game yet again. At they've home. been in a they've been in the AFC championship every year since 2018. Right. You gotta go back to right. Alex Smith's last year in Kansas City right. Right. for the last time they weren't sitting in the AFC championship game. That is amazing, man. Right. Incredible. It really is. And think about how close they came, you know, to going to four straight Super Bowls because yeah. They lose in 2018. The overtime game to the Patriots. Yes, with an offside game. call that, or right. yeah, an offside right. call yes. that killed them. Yes, yes, yes. So they lose yes. a game by right. this. I got my yep. two fingers close. Then they win the Super Bowl. Right. Then they lose the Super Bowl. So that's right. three straight. Right. And then obviously last year the game right. against Cincinnati, which yeah, went right. to overtime. Right. right. I mean, they are this close to a yeah. pin to four straight Super Bowls. No, you're right. Unbelievable. That really Crazy. is unbelievable. You know, but again, they got the coach quarterback combination. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's that's pretty big to say the least. Not bad when you got that. No, nope. not bad. Uh, more of your calls. Plus, we'll make our NFL picks and all the playoff games coming up at twelve twenty. We're here until Da. He takes over at one o'clock. I mentioned this a couple times during the week, as I'm sure people are going to forget. We got new overtime rules in case any of these games goes to overtime in the postseason. They changed it last March, so even if you score a touchdown, both on the teams opening, get the ball, right? Exactly. So Giants-Vikings go to overtime on Sunday, and the Giants score a touchdown on the opening drive. Unlike the past, the game is not over. The Vikings would then have a chance to get the football. So we didn't have that during the regular season, but during the postseason for the first time ever, that's the new rules for overtime. So don't be surprised. You know, when we get an overtime. And I guess they game. play and I guess they play a regular quarter too, all right? Regular yes. fifteen minute quarter, it's not ten minutes either. Yes. Yes. Right. That's the other thing. They do that right. only in the regular season. Right. Now for the uh, postseason right. goes back to fifteen minutes. Right. And each team is guaranteed a possession even if they score a touchdown. Right. Stewart is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Stuart? Big Stu. Hey Joe and Evan, how are you? Good, Good. Stu. Uh, I, I really feel the, uh, the the Giants are peaking at the right time. We're getting healthy. We we, we got a, a Doria McKinney back, but if we can slow down the uh, the Vikings uh, running game early, I, I think we'll be in great shape. Plus, you got arrested Barkley, and and the one player I think to watch for is Evan Neal because Minnesota's D is gonna is gonna apply pressure on his side of the uh, line. So if he if he can hold up in the pass protection, we'll be fine. And and it seems like the He's deferred down numbers, and the covering the tight ends has been an issue. So I hope both of them are, are, are solved by, by tomorrow. Well, we certainly saw that in the previous meeting when TJ Hawkinson had a monster game. And yep. t- it seems yep. like tight ends have hurt the Giants for right. years, not just for this For years, season. right. Yeah. Long time. I think Evan Neal was beat a couple of times by Danielle Hunter when they played a few weeks ago. And Neal's had a very – obviously missed a bunch of time with injury mm-hmm. middle of the year. 
He hasn't had the greatest rookie season in the world. Now it's his rookie year. You obviously have to give him well, time. Andrew Look Thomas. Like, Andrew Thomas didn't either, and now he's right. uh, now he's an All Pro. So exactly, he's going to use him yeah, as an yeah. example because he's right. the best example in that. Look what <laughs> right. he's become. Yep, an elite level left tackle in this league. Dave is in Cranford, New Jersey. Hey, Dave. Dave, how are you? Joe and Evan, man, it's just awesome to just hear the both of you back on. I mean, I I, I can't say anything until I say that. It's Thank just you. such a pleasure to have both of you. Um, and Evan, you kill it in the afternoons, man. Appreciate that is a he- heck of a job, you, but you absolutely kill it. So uh, on the Giants, the thing that's interesting to me is how they chose to play the Philly game. They used a lot of backups and got a lot of people in there. But there was a guy that, that played well. The Giant defense this year has been really good except for their linebacker play. I mean, the linebacker play has been bad, like like really bad. If you watch the X's and O's or watch any of the tape – these linebackers don't even know how to fill the right gaps. I mean, it's like basic stuff. They just and, – and that's affected there. And so they brought in this guy, Jared Davis. He used to play for Detroit, so he's familiar with Minnesota, which is kind of nice. And he played against the Eagles, and he actually played really well. It's the first time he really right. got a chance. Didn't the now, Jets he's, have he's him not too, a guy you want in coverage. Didn't the Jets sign him a couple, two years ago or last year? Jared yeah, Davis. He, was, he was there for yep. a brief period of time. Yeah, yep. Very brief. Yes. Yep. Yeah, but – he played well in that game. I could see him and Collins kind of playing a little bit of a tag team, just to your point about tight ends and coverage. Collins at least gives you a shot to cover a running back. You don't want Jared Davis covering a running back in the in the in, in the open, but he can play a role in that first and second down. Because I do think the defensive line uh, for the Giants is going to have a big game, um, and I think that's going to be the difference in the game. And I think that's where – you know, when you really look at this game, I think that's where you have some confidence. You guys mentioned it before. You mentioned it, you know, a lot. I think I think this is going to be a defensive game. Playoffs, typically, it's a lot harder to score. Defenses normally play a little bit better, typically, unless you're in the AFC with one of those three quarterbacks. But the rest of us, um, it gets real tight. And I think the Giant defense could step up and have a really big game. Would love to just get your guys' thoughts. You know, I think there's going to be scoring in this game. You know, you play these games in these domes, man. That That's, you know, usually you're going to get some points when you're playing indoors like that, you know? Yeah, I, I believe it or not, and I think Vegas agrees with you because I think going into this weekend, the highest over-under is in this game, the Giants-Vikings game. So the expectation is that we're going to see right. more points in right. this game than any other game. I have a feeling we're going to see the opposite, that we're actually going to see a low-scoring game. And a part of it is that this giant defensive line can change everything. As many points as the Vikings have scored this season, and they have been an elite-level offense, or at least close to an elite-level offense, if you're going to get a constant pass rush on Kirk Cousins, which they have a chance to do, number one, Martindale blitzes all the time. Number two, the Vikings are dealing with injuries on their right side. And the giant defensive line has kind of become their strength. I think this has a chance to actually be more of a low-scoring game than people think. But our last caller is right about linebackers. When you look at the weakness of the Giant defense all year, it's been linebackers. That's why we've seen so many guys come in and out, in and out. You know, I think Jalen Smith has played well when he's been given an opportunity, at least reasonably well. He mentioned Jared Davis. That was his last game. That was his first game last week. That's, a, that's the first time we've seen him play. So I'd be curious, based on what happened against the Eagles, how many guys turned that into opportunities this week, like Kenny Galladay. Is Kenny Galladay going to get on the field because of that incredible touchdown catch he made against Philadelphia? Unbelievable. By the way, 48 is the over-under. You're right. That is the highest over-under of any of the games. So the expectation is, yeah, we're going to see a lot of points. Yep. 
Yep. I don't know. I have a feeling this is going to be a high teens kind of game, but we'll see. Okay. It's the NFL playoffs. You never know. The lowest scoring it is, the better off it is for the Giants, in my mind. I don't know if you want to get in a big-time shootout with this well, team. I don't, I, think, you know, I don't know about that. I don't think you can because outside of the Indianapolis game where the Giants finally broke through and scored yeah. 30 points, right. they don't score a lot of points. No. Like when they win these close games and they have throughout the season, you're talking 23-17, you're talking 20-12, mm-hmm. to 12, mm-hmm. you're talking 19-16. You're kind of keeping it in the low 20s and the high teens. We haven't seen the Giants play a game yet this season where they've won a shootout. No. So if they win this game 35-32, it'll be an original because we haven't seen that at all this season from them. Not at all. We'll go around the league. We'll make our picks coming up at 1220. We're here for another hour till 1 o'clock. It's Joe Benito and Evan Roberts on the fan. Joe and Evan, Evan and Joe. On WFAN Sports Radio. If you want me. Noontime on the fan, but England Roberts for another hour. Big day of football right here on the but, fan. All the games. Right by the way, Pat stretch. Boyle, uh, did you hear what he said about how he had to remove the parking ticket from yeah, his car? I did, yes. Just, you know what, Pat? Just give it to Oliveira, all right? Don't worry <laughs> about it. You know, I'm, I'm surprised that, like, they don't, like, like, they don't give Pat, like, you know, some uh, free parking somewhere. You know yeah, what I mean? man. When you're doing updates, give them the free parking. Are right. you guys kidding me? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking out sort for of. you, Pat. Come on. Yeah, I, I know. But, just, I mean, Pat, come... just do me a favor. Seriously, when you see Oliver, I don't know if he's listening now. He might be. If you see Oliver, just go say, look, Beningo said to see you about this parking ticket, and, he'll, and, and, and there's no problem. Uh, right. That'll be the first uh, thing on my list to do on Monday morning. Please but, do that. I mean, between going through the tunnel with the tolls, the paying for the parking, I mean, I'm barely enough I'm lucky I'm making a breaking even here in this shift. I'm surprised well, you are breaking even breaking on this even. shift. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I, I, that's, that's how I would play it. No, you know, it's so funny, too, with the parking, because for years I would hear, like, you know, the guys in the morning show, especially, like, Scazzeri and Jerry, like, these guys, like, and you used to, you used to do it, too. Oh, right? I, I did. Park, I did. used to park on these guys would sit there for an hour so they could secure the spot. Now, you actually have your own, you actually park in a, a free place now, right? Well, no, I pay for it because it's oh, worth you pay it. pay for it? You kind of have to because... The maneuver parking in New York City. Oh, no, no. It's a disgrace. It's just, Please. it's impossible. Like, right. you've got, like, you're no. right. This is what I used to do. I would sit in the car for an oh, hour. Oh, then course. I started parking far away and biking to work. Which right. Which my strategy. Yeah, far away, like in the Bronx. <laughs> 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 right, you know, like you, you park by Yankee Stadium and come down. Yeah, know, like, I got exercise. <laughs> I saved a few dollars. It's a win for everybody. Oh my, what a disaster! Oh my, that's why I started taking the train, man. I couldn't. I just, I just couldn't do it. I, I had the misfortune. I've actually had my car. This is many years ago in another lifetime when I was a food salesman, like in the nineties. I had my, I had my car towed. Oh. Okay. And and it, there is no and this is like thirty something years ago. There is no bigger disaster in life than getting your car towed in New York City. Hundred percent happened to me for the first time. It was like oh eight oh nine, right? And I was so pissed because the sign that said it was illegal parking was knocked down on the ground. It was on the ground, so I didn't see it. I wasn't looking for a sign on the ground. I park illegally. Didn't know it. They told me. And now I'm fighting it, saying, wait a second, the sign is on the ground. I had to go to court to fight this thing, and I lost it. So I spent all this time fighting it, 
but the cost of getting the car out, the pain in the ass of getting the car out, and then worst of all, I don't know if this happened to you, they put chalk on your window to kind of like signify where in the toll lot it's at. That took me months to clean off. So between all the things that made it awful... Then I got to clean my window. It was the worst experience getting towed. They actually oh. put a dent in my car from the oh, towing. Oh, jeez, really? They actually, oh, like I said, this is going, I mean, oh, it was a disaster, like, you know, like I said, 30 years ago. And then when I was, you know, when I was, you know, still working full time and I was doing, still doing, you know, uh, stuff at uh, SNY as well, I actually had my car break down in the city. And that oh. was the end. That was the, that was the end of me. There was, there was no worse thing. Fortunately, I, I managed to get it into the parking garage I always parked at right. by SNY in the old days when when SNY was in Midtown, you know. Right, right. And, right. I, and I parked it there. And so it, it stood there for a couple of days. And finally, I had, a, I had a tow truck come in and get it out of there and bring it back to Jersey. It cost me like, you know, like a month's salary pretty much to get all that done. <laughs> geez, geez. I mean, but it was – and that was it. Like, like that, that – then I started taking the train. Like the last yeah. – the last six or seven years I worked full-time, I took the train because I just no. never again would I ever want to be uh, break down my car, break down in Manhattan. It no, I get a it. nightmare. I totally get it. Uh, a couple quick things before we get back to your calls. The Knicks with a win last night. It was a typical Nick yeah. victory yep. in that they build a comfortable lead or you think it's a comfortable lead, and then things get very, very dicey in the final minute or two where it's cut to three. But Jalen Brunson continues to have a ridiculously good first year with this team. Julius is having a bounce back year. Give him a lot of credit for everything that happened a year ago. And the Knicks continue to be a really good team on the road. I mean, there's only three teams in the NBA that are more than a game above 500 on the road. The Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, and the New York Knicks. So they have been a very good road team all year. They've played good basketball. They survived without R.J. Barrett. Now they got him back. And they were able to withstand blowing a late lead and 40 from Kyle Kuzma as they beat the Wizards last night in D.C. Well, let me let me just say a couple things. Number one, and I said this to you off the air, Jalen Brunson, when they signed him, I'm like, ah, Jalen Brunson, okay. You know, he's a legitimate point guard. I can't get excited. This guy has been much better than I ever thought he would be. I mean, he is clearly the best point guard the Knicks have had since Derek Harper. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, that's, and I was trying to come up with somebody. I mean, don't give me Stefan Marbury. You know, I mean, Charlie Ward was nice, but, you know, I think I got to go all the way back to Derek Harper. That's like almost 30 years ago now. He, this guy is unbelievable. And he is making everybody, I mean, Julius Randle's having this bounce back year because of Jalen Brunson. I mean, yep. I mean, uh, to me, it's not even, it, it's not even a debate about that. This guy, I mean, he's been phenomenal. And the last bunch of – I don't know how many games in a row now. He's averaging like over 30 points a game. Last night, I think – what do you have? 34-8-8. Eight eight. He just yep. missed a triple-double last night. Yep. Now, he's he's been worth every penny of that $100 million contract, whatever it is they gave him. He has been unbelievable. He's getting better and better. And yep. sometimes getting away from playing with a superstar actually benefits you. And a right. lot of times we right. assume they'll be exposed without that superstar. But in Jalen's case, he's been given the keys to the castle, and he's running with it. And he's been a great free agent signing. You know, you got to go back years and years to find other ones that match this. You know, Allen Houston. I think right. John Starks was a free agent. Right. but Amari terms- for a little while. Yeah, look. A little while, up until he got hurt. Remember, remember Amari yes. had that crazy run when he first oh, no. got it. He was he, scoring 30 every night there he, for a while. He was great. We just have the knowledge of what it turned into. But right. you're right. In the first year he was here, he was tremendous. You don't have those long-term injury concerns with a guy like Jalen Brunson that you had with Amari. No. 
But they played and well. And he's a hard-nosed guy, too. You know, he's a perfect New York point guard. He's a, he's a tough guy. He's a hard-nosed guy. Uh, I, I, I'm pleasantly surprised how he, good Jalen Brunson is. He's having a great year, and he's also still very self-critical about the year he's having and talking about how he can be even better. And that's what you want to hear. This is a guy who just got paid. He's having a tremendous first year with his new team. And most of the time, he talks about the things he can be better at for this team. I can hit more free throws late in the game, things like that. So it's definitely encouraging. And they've got a relatively soft part of their schedule over the next five games that they can take advantage of and climb a little bit further above 500 before the schedule stiffens a little bit. So there's a big opportunity for them. You know, they obviously took care of business last night in D.C. against the Wizards, but they play the Pistons on the road tomorrow in a game that – no one's going to watch because it's at 1 right. o'clock on a football Sunday. Right, right, right. <laughs> Whatever. They play tomorrow at 1, and the Rangers play tomorrow at 5 against the Canadians. I Crazy. mean, which could not be worse that they're heads up against the giant players. No, I, dude, I got the same problem with the Nets. I was actually, you know, I didn't think far ahead, but like a month ago, I'm talking to my wife and kids about, yeah, we're going to go to Nets Thunder. It's a Sunday at 6 o'clock. Then I realized, wait a second. That's during the playoffs. It's during the playoffs. And oh, by the way, it's during the Giants in the playoffs because they're right. playing at 4.30. Right. So, obviously, I, I promptly sold those tickets. I promptly yeah, made the right decision. <laughs> but the Knicks play over the next couple of days, uh, next week or so, Detroit winnable game, home against Toronto on Martin Luther King Jr. Day winnable game, home against the Wizards winnable game, in Atlanta, a struggling Hawk team winnable game, at Toronto winnable game. Now, then the schedule is going to stiffen. They're going to challenge themselves with Donovan Mitchell. They're going to challenge themselves with road games in Boston and in Brooklyn. So they'll be tested a little bit. But over the next five games, they've got a chance to build on what they've been doing after they erase that losing streak. And it's amazing. They lose the five in a row. They respond with four in a row and six out of seven. So they've yep. done a good job responding to those losses. You know, I want to get and I want to get to your team now because last week I'm saying how I'm thinking about betting the money line. Uh, or the bet the eight, what is it, eight to one, eight plus eight hundred, I think it is for the uh, Nets to win the championship. And I was thinking about doing that. Yeah. And then, of course, promptly Durant hurts his knee. Yeah. Like moments later. I mean, how how nervous are you about Durant now going forward? I'm glad that the report doesn't seem major, but watching right. the game, he actually got injured twice. I'm not sure how many people noticed this because yes. it's yeah, you he know, did right Nets right. heat on a Sunday. I get that, but first there was a charge that Kyle Lowry drew in which. Durant was holding his knee, but then he stayed in the game, and then obviously everybody saw Butler fell into him. When it first happened, it was, oh, crap, here we go again, because this has happened now multiple years in a row. Year one, it was a hamstring. He missed a chunk of time. Last year, it was the same issue, a knee issue in which a guy falls into his leg. The fact that it sounds like it's only going to be a month, I think this team is equipped to survive it. Now, not thrive, but survive it and not collapse the way they collapsed last year where they had the long losing streak. And obviously things were different. The roster wasn't as good. They had a star player quit on them and they had another star player that was ineligible for home games. So it was a completely different situation and they've got a better coach. So I think they'll be okay over the next couple of weeks, but obviously they got to get him back. I mean, the Nets' chances are built oh, around having an MVP caliber. Durant. Kevin Durant is the number one guy, no doubt. They, they have to have Durant. And, and as you've pointed out, we've talked about it off the air, Kyrie is the is probably the quintessential number two guy in, in the league, but he's not a number one guy. He's not. Know. Look, nope. every time Kyrie's been the number one guy, and maybe early in his career in Cleveland isn't fair, he was a young player, okay. He goes to Boston as the number one guy. Early on with the Nets as a number one guy. He's not that. 
So, and you kind of even saw it a little bit in the Boston game where he commits these bad turnovers, where he has to take bad shots because of the double teams he faces. Like, he doesn't thrive in this role. He thrives as a number two. And so, really all I'm looking for is just survive over the next few weeks. Don't fall apart. Because they fell apart last year. It cost them the entire season. Yeah. No. I don't think that's going to happen this time. I I think they're better. They got a better uh, uh, cast now around them. They got a better head coach. Uh, I don't think that's. I don't think the bottom's going to fall out and them go like two and eighteen or whatever it was without right. Durant. <laughs> right. I don't think that's happening. I remain optimistic that they will be okay during this stretch. And and again, the report is reevaluation in two weeks. That doesn't mean he's back in two weeks. But I look at it as maybe he misses a month, and that gives them plenty of time to kind of recalibrate once he's healthy. And look, much like the Giants tomorrow, it's about being healthy at the right time. Yep. Yep. That's the key to all of this. And luckily for the Giants, they are. And hopefully for the basketball team, they are. <laughs> the guys are available in mid-April when it matters the most because the regular season in the NBA, as much as I get into it, and I love it, I watch every game, I also understand its value, which is limited. Yeah, It really right. is about just seeding yourself yep. properly for the yep. postseason. Yep, yep, 100%. We'll come back, we'll make our picks, then we'll squeeze in all your phone calls as we take you right up until 1 o'clock. Wild card weekend. We got both games coming up today on the station. Obviously, the Giant game tomorrow, and we make our NFL picks for wild card weekend. I finished the regular season collapsing. I choked. I was the Mets. I was the Jets. Uh, I went 0-3 with my final three picks. I did finish above 500, but a horrible close to the season, 28-25-1. I lost with the Raiders last week. I lost with Green Bay, and I lost with Dallas. So it wasn't even close. It was just a bloodbath to close the regular season. But here we go. Wild card weekend in the NFL. We'll start with game number one. I thought this even before I realized the weather, but the weather only makes me feel a little bit more confident about this. We got three games this weekend that we kind of look at and say they're mismatches. San Francisco, Seattle, Miami, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Baltimore. I think for a few reasons, this is the one that may surprise us and be closer than we think. As well as Brock Purdy has played, as loaded as the Niners are, their defense has looked a little bit normal over the last couple of weeks. And I think Geno Smith has one last quality performance left in him. Also, the weather usually evens up a mismatch like this. If you haven't heard, in Santa Clara, California, where Levi Stadium takes place or occurs, it's supposed to rain, it's supposed to be windy, it's supposed to be a mess. And I think a lot of times when you get a mess like that, it kind of brings things together. Because other than that, everything points in the Niners' direction. You look at the regular season game, Seattle had a very difficult time scoring against this Niner defense. You look at how good San Francisco's been stopping the run all year. You look at the way tight ends have killed Seattle all year. I mean, everything points in the Niners' direction. But it's nine and a half. It's a divisional game. Geno Smith had a tremendous season at quarterback despite looking a little bit more human over the last five weeks and the Seahawks are basically gift-wrapped this appearance through a a horrific officiated game in the final week of the year. But I think they're going to surprise us and keep this close. So in game number one, I'll take Seattle getting the 9.5 in Santa Clara against the Niners, game number one. Game number two, I was back and forth about Jacksonville and the Chargers. Brandon Staley, you know, he may lose his job after this game. Because having his starters out there in a meaningless Week 18 game turned out to be a brutal decision, especially the injury 
to Mike Williams. But there's a couple of other things, despite how lucky Jacksonville was to even get here, that gives me hope. They've done a pretty good job protecting Trevor Lawrence this season, so they've got a chance to make Bosa and Mack not completely wreck this game. Plus, their defense overall have actually done a pretty good job against running backs who can beat you by catching the football a bunch of times. So maybe they do a fairly good job against Austin Eckler. And I think Trevor Lawrence, Joe made this point earlier, he's won national, he's played in national championship games. He just had a playoff light game to play a week ago, and he wasn't great, I admit that. So maybe the cobwebs are out. I like the Jaguars in this game. And I'm getting two and a half points. And they've got the coaching edge. They got the guy that's won a Super Bowl. And I made this point yesterday. This may not mean anything, but I thought it was interesting. When Doug Peterson is an underdog in the playoffs, he's 5-0. and Let's make it 6-0. and I'll take them getting two and a half at home against the Chargers in game number two. Game number three, the Bills are going to kill him. I mean, what am I going to say? Skyler Thompson's the quarterback. Raheem Mostert's injured. The Dolphins will make the playoffs every four or five years. And then when they make it, they get embarrassed. That's what happens. And unfortunately for them, it's usually with a backup quarterback, or in this year's case, a third-string quarterback. It was Matt Moore five years ago, six years ago. The Bills are going to kill him. Not going to waste any more time talking about it. Give me the Bills laying the 13 and a half at home against the Dolphins. As far as this giant Viking game is concerned, I've talked about this all week with Craig and obviously a lot today with Joe. I think it's a close game. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think the Vikings pull this one out. There's obviously a lot of things that are giving the Giant fans confidence that I completely understand. Obviously, the health of the team, the fact that this pass rush has looked better and better week after week. But at the end of the day, I think Dalvin Cook makes a couple of big plays on the ground despite the Vikings' run game not being their strength this season. And I think the Giants, I hate to say this because I don't want to be a bad guy, I think the Giants are going to make a special teams mistake or two. They've had it happen to them throughout the regular season. And unfortunately, as we've seen in playoff history, sometimes when your specials are inconsistent, they come back and burn you at the worst possible time. I think it's a close game. I think the Giant fan is nervous in the fourth quarter, hiding under their seats. I think the Vikings win this game by more than three. Give me the Vikings minus three in game number four. Game number five, I know that Harbaugh sat a lot of his regulars last Sunday. So you can't really look at the Bengal-Raven game and say that's an indication of what we're going to see this week. I just think Cincinnati's better. They've played great football. They've come into their own over the last seven or eight weeks. They went to a Super Bowl last year. They got tons of weapons on offense. And more than that, I don't think a Tyler Huntley-led offense, or Anthony Brown, take your pick, but obviously Huntley's better. I don't think they're capable of scoring 25 points. And I think that's how many points you're going to have to score to beat this team. I don't think you're winning a 16-13 game. I just don't see it. I don't think you're holding down this Bengal offense to that degree. It's a big number. makes me a little bit nervous. But I'm going to lay it with Cincinnati 8.5. And finally, Monday night, I think the Cowboys are going to kill them. And I look at it this way. If it's close, that would worry me if I'm a Cowboy fan. The closer the game, the more likely it is Tom Brady makes a play and he beats you and you lose. But I think Dallas is just better. And there's a reason why Tampa's 8-9. And And look at the eight wins they have. A lot of them are very lucky. A lot of them they pulled out where you walked away saying, eh, really? 
I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to crush them. Now, I don't think the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Cowboys are even going to the NFC Championship game. But every once in a while, they do win a playoff game. And they're going to do that on Monday night. Give me Dallas laying the two and a half in Tampa against the Buccaneers. So, with all these super wild card games, real quick. Seattle getting the nine and a half. Jacksonville getting the two and a half. Buffalo laying the 13 and a half. Minnesota laying three. The Bengals laying eight and a half. And finally on Monday night, Dallas laying the two and a half. My picks for wild card weekend. Joe, take it away. All right, bro. I actually had a very good regular season. I went two and one last week. Uh, one with the Titans getting the six and a half against the Jaguars. They covered the number. One with Pittsburgh, who were laying two and a half against Cleveland. They won the game outright. Uh, I lost with the Ravens getting nine against the Bengals. So two and one last week, 31-22 and one for the regular season. So uh, a pretty good year for me. Uh, this is the only game I disagree with Evan. I'm taking the Niners laying the nine and a half against Seattle. I, I just think they're better. Uh, generally, when these teams... Generally, when teams wind up playing three times that third game in the playoffs, I don't know what the exact record is, but they, that team usually wins again. And I understand the weather. Totally get the weather. No doubt about it. That's a factor, I would think, in this game. Maybe the game's going to be played in a quagmire. Although I do think they probably, unlike Miami in 1982, they probably have, you know, uh, uh, tarps that they put over the field in, San, in Santa Clara. Probably. So... We'll see what kind of field it turns out to be. Look, I know it's Brock Purdy. I just think the Niners are much better. I really do. Look, Seattle, Seattle, let's be honest. The last two weeks, they got whacked. Three weeks ago, they lost 24-10 to Kansas City in Kansas City. They were fortunate enough to play the Jets in a game they really needed to win, and the Jets decided they didn't really want to play in that game. And then last week, got real lucky in beating the Rams in overtime. I mean, let's be honest about it. A terrible interception thrown in that game late by Baker Mayfield with a chance to win it in OT. All of that. Whatever. I just can't see him beating the Niners here. Nine and a half is kind of a big number, really, but can't you see the Niners winning the game by 10? And I think the Niners are going to the Super Bowl. So this is the only one I disagree with Evan on. I'm taking the Niners, laying the nine and a half uh, later on this afternoon, game one against Seattle. I'm with you on the Jaguars. You're getting two and a half in uh, tonight against the Chargers. The Chargers, you know, you're right. I mean, why is Brandon Staley playing Mike Williams and Joey Bosa last week? I mean, what are you doing? The game meant nothing. And to me, that's the big difference in this game. The big difference is the coaches. Doug Peterson against Brandon Staley. It's a mismatch completely. The Jaguars are on a roll. Yet yeah, Trevor did not play a great game last week. No doubt about it. They won the game against the, the Titans because of their defense. No question about that game-winning touchdown that strip sack for a TD to win it by uh, Josh Allen. Uh, I like the Jaguars getting two and a half uh, tonight in Jacksonville, game two. Game three, Evan said it, Buffalo's going to destroy Miami. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's uh, how can they not? And again, Miami, again, similar to Seattle, if Miami was not playing the crummy Jets last week who, uh, you know, uh, couldn't score in a brothel, let's be honest about it, okay? Uh, you know, uh, they would, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be playing Buffalo here. So I, I, I like Buffalo to kill them. I think Buffalo's going to the Super Bowl. Uh, give me the Bills laying the 13-and-a-half against Miami. I'm with you on the Bengals laying the 8-and-a-half uh, tomorrow night against the Ravens. You know, look, they don't have Lamar in this game. I don't know if even if Tyler Hundley's starting. Um, I, I, I just don't see it. Cincinnati's good, man. Cincinnati could wind up in a bowl again. 
They're loaded. They're red hot. They're on a, a big-time winning streak. Uh, Joe Burrow, DeMar Chase, Joe Mixon, Tay Higgins, all of these guys. I think the Bengals are going to win this game easily, and you're only laying eight and a half. And that, of course, coming up on uh, on Sunday night. I- I'm taking I'm taking Minnesota laying the three against the Giants. I'm sorry, everybody's on the- basically because everybody, at least in this town, or I think it's all over the place. It's like a foregone conclusion: the Giants are winning this game. I mean, and it's been like that for weeks. Oh, they could beat the Vikings. They only lost by three, 61-yard field goal, all of that. I think Minnesota has a major chip on their shoulder. They won 13 games this year. Nobody thinks they're any good. And I understand that they had, you know, the, the, uh, a negative point differential, those two blowouts to Dallas and the Packers. But they know how to win close games. 11 out of the 13 wins were one score or less games. Uh, you're playing in that dome. I think Justin Jefferson's going to have a big game here. Uh, I like the Vikings. In all due respect, and I've been on the Giants all year. I went 7-1 and one with the Giants this year. I mean, I, I had a real good year to picking the Giants. They were covering the spreads and winning games outright all year long. It's not happening here. I like Minnesota laying the three. I'm with Evan on that against the Giants tomorrow afternoon. And I'm with Evan, too. I like the Cowboys laying two and a half on Monday night. This game, I was kind of back and forth because, you know, it is Tom Brady, and you're always a little concerned. Evan hit it. You know, you get in a close game late, and Brady finds a way to pull these games out. But, you know, they won a lot of close games against bad teams. I mean, that game against the Cardinals a couple weeks ago where they wound up, uh, you know, securing the division and all of that. Uh, So many games, that game against the Saints where the Saints blew the big lead late in the game. I mean, there's so many times we could go on and on. And I just think the Cowboys are better. I mean, you know, they they kind of mailed it in last week against Washington. You can't put a lot of uh, stock in that game. And I said this earlier. There isn't a lot of games where Mike McCarthy has the coaching edge over the other guy. Well, he's got it here against Todd Bowles. And and let's not forget one other thing. Tampa Bay had a losing losing season at 8-9. And and, and one other thing. You know, last year that playoff loss to San Francisco – Mike McCarthy maybe coached the worst game I've ever seen in a playoff game. I'm sure I'm sure that is in the back of his mind going into this one. So I'm with you, bro. I'm taking the Cowboys uh, laying the two and a half on the road against Tampa Monday night. So the Beningo picks, give me the Niners laying nine and a half against Seattle. Give me the Jaguars getting the two and a half against the Chargers. Buffalo laying the 13 and a half. Uh, you know, it could be 18 and a half, and I'd like Buffalo in this game. Uh, give me the Bengals laying the eight and a half against the Ravens. The Vikings laying the three against the Giants. The Cowboys laying the two and a half against the Bucks. The Joe Beningo, Evan Roberts, Pro Football Picks, wild card weekend in the NFL. And I'm going to say one more thing, bro. There could be a lot of blowouts this weekend. I, 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 I can see a lot of a lot of bad games this weekend. I'm just throwing that in there. Well, we this is the third year, I think, of the seventh seed of a seventh team making the playoffs. That usually means there's another bad team in the postseason, and they're facing a team that, under the old rules, would have had a first-round bye. It's only natural that there's going to be bad games, and we've never seen a seventh seed beat a two seed. We see the sixth seed win a lot. That's right. been a common thing. But we still haven't seen a seventh seed advance, and I don't know if that's going to change this year with Seattle and Miami. Seems unlikely. But you're right. This could end up being a very ugly weekend, but it's for the greater good because if you see a lot of upsets, that could also lead to bad games next week. You want to see the better teams move on because that usually leads to better games. So we'll see. We'll see how it all transpires. 
Uh, we'll come back. We'll take your calls the rest of the way. We're here until DA. He takes over at 1 o'clock. We're going to go to Roberts for another 15 great minutes. Mem- by the way, great memory there with uh, Marv and Starks. By the way, by the way, this is the thirty will be the is is the thirty year anniversary of the Charles Smith Memorial. Wow. Thirty wonderful years ago. Jeez, man. Time flies. Right. There, there was something this week that made me feel old. Uh, Saquon Barkley was asked, What are your biggest playoff memories as a kid growing up? And Saquon grew up as a Jet fan, and he's always been yeah, very honest right, about that. Right, yes, I know that. His so, is a big Jet fan, yeah. Yeah, so Saquon's like Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Back-to-back AFC title games. Right. The Jets in 9 and 10, and it's it's crazy to think that here's now an NFL veteran talking about his childhood, I know. and it's that. It feels like it was five minutes ago. Yeah. Crazy. But. Hey, look, you know, I mean, I, you know, I can tell you about the 1960 Philadelphia Eagle Green Bay Packet Championship game. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We could go I, back to that one for me. I so. understand. I will get to some of your calls. DA's coming up at 1 o'clock. You'll hear both games this afternoon and this evening right here on The Fan. Vic is in South Brunswick, New Jersey. What's going on, Vic? Vic, how are you? Hey, fellas. I'm doing well. Um, listen, it's a pleasure to speak to my favorite radio duo, so... Number one, start off with that. Appreciate um, it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, hey, happy playoffs, man. I'm a big Giant fan, and um, whatever happens, happens, right? Uh, that's why you play the game. Uh, who knows? You could you could say that the Giants are going to win because of this. You could say the Vikings are going to win because of that. You just play the game. Let's enjoy it. Eat some food, drink some yep. whatever. And, and, and a perfect it. time for this game, too. I mean, you know, they got the best slot of all of them, the 430 Sunday Absolutely. slot. That's the Absolutely. slot. Absolutely. You know, and uh, most people have off on Monday too. So that's it's right. A great time. Martin Luther King Day. That's right. Correct. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, we talked a little bit. Uh, we have heard a little bit about the new overtime rules, right? But really, haven't talked strategy yet, right? So haven't really heard that. So I think it's got to be completely different uh, than the regular season. Regular season, you score a touchdown, uh, you win the game. So you want the ball first. I, I'm thinking uh, in these new rules, you you want the ball second. It depends. It dep- I've been giving this a lot of thought, Vic, and it's an interesting point. If you allow the other team to get the ball first and they score a touchdown and then you score a touchdown, mm-hmm. now they've got the ball in a sudden death. That's not a good thing. You're right. Here's right. where it would make sense, and I could see certain coaches having this thought. We'll use Brian Dayball as an example because he's shown it. Brian Dayball could know right from the get-go, I'm going for two if I score a touchdown. I'm going for the win. So I'm going to let the other team get the ball first. If they kick a field goal, okay, I know the deal. If they score a touchdown, I'm going for the win. Like, if they score a touchdown, we score a touchdown, I assume they're going to kick an extra point. We're not. We're going to go for the win. There won't be a third possession. That's the only way, Joe, I think it would make sense to give the other team the ball first because otherwise there's a decent chance that that team will get an extra possession that you won't get. Yeah, I, 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 would, uh, I would doubt as, as much as uh, Dable has shown to be a little bit what we saw in opening day against Tennessee, I don't know if in the playoffs you're going for two to win the game there. You know, I don't know about that. You Maybe know? not. I don't know about that one. Well, then, if that's we'll the case... Hopefully we get to see something like that. That would be good. If that's the case, then to me, it wouldn't make any sense to allow the other team to have the ball first because, yeah, you right, know what right. they're going to do, but let's say they kick a field goal. All right, so you know, okay, all we need is a field goal to tie it. If you're forced to have to kick a field goal, they're going to get the ball in sudden death. 
right. you may not get the ball back. Right. So why right. would you put yourself in that position? Right. No, that's a good point. Right. Yep. Let's go to Al in Paramus. Hey, Al. Yeah, Joe Evan. You know, I want to talk about McCarthy, but first, you know, you're talking about the uh, overtime rule. But also, uh, you know, if you uh, if you know what you have to do in overtime, you still get four downs to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you say to your, if 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 the team scores a touchdown, then I mean, if he kicks a field goal, you go down. At least you know what you have to do. Because if you score if you score a touchdown, you're going to win. Correct? Yeah, but even if you know what you have to do, that doesn't stop you from having to do what you have to do. Which means settling for a field goal and the other team getting a possession you may not get again. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but will you will you be surprised if someone defers? I I think I would be. Yeah. I despite yeah. trying to create a scenario where it would make sense, like I, I brought it up. I'm going to go for two to win a game and not give the extra possession. I still think at the end of the day, every coach will want the ball first and get the yeah. potential extra possession. Yep. Yeah, sure. Hey, uh, let's make my point on McCarthy. You know, I'm a big McCarthy fan. You know, you know, I don't gamble anymore, but I want to tell you something, Joe. You know, you talked about last year. I want to tell you something. I, I would bet the house against McCarthy because, you know, you talk about Tampa Bay. He's going to find a way to do something, and I think he's going to lose the game. And then I think he's going to get fired. That's if they lose, only. he'll be fired. I I agree with that. If they lose this game, he's he's gone, and probably Sean Payton is coaching the team. That's what I would think. What you know, I've heard a lot of people say that that McCarthy could be fired if they lose. What is it based on, though? Because remember, Jerry stayed so loyal to Jason Garrett, like he, he hasn't did. been. He, did. he, did. he hasn't been finicky with coaches in over a decade. Uh, the thing is, though, with a guy like Sean Payton out there, I think that's I think that he would jump on that. That's the one thing I would say about that. Yeah, I mean, look, he's always had an affinity for him, and he's a right. Super Bowl winning coach. Right. But let's also be fair. If we want to compare the resumes of both coaches, are they really that different between Sean no. Payton and Mike McCarthy? No. In fact, I'd like to see the record. McCarthy might have a better record. He's probably won more division titles, right? Probably. I think so. I'd have yeah. to look at it. I haven't looked at it in a while, but... Right. It's got to be similar. I mean, they, they both won one Super Bowl yep, with yep. an all-time great quarterback. Right. And and let's be honest, I mean, I will say this. Uh, Sean Payton and the Saints had some brutal losses in the playoffs. The game Absolutely. in Minnesota, the, the game where they got hosed against the Rams, uh, the other game against Minnesota they lost, uh, I believe, in overtime. Uh, they've had some really, really bad playoffs. So, in the postseason, just counting the playoffs, we know they both won one Super Bowl. Right. Mike McCarthy is ten and nine. Sean Payton is nine and eight. Wow. So they're <laughs> like the same team. Same. As far yeah. as the regular season is concerned, Sean Payton is one fifty two and eighty nine. Right. Mike McCarthy is one fifty five and ninety seven. Wow. It's almost like identical. Because they, they really are when you think right, about right, it. Right, right, right. Their resumes. Yet, yet McCarthy's looked at like this terrible head coach, and Sean Payton's looked at like, oh, Sean Payton, got to have him. Now, you why know? is that? That's a, You tell me. I because don't know the answer. every critique of – like the big thing we always heard about McCarthy is what did he win without Rodgers? Well, watch this. What did Sean Payton right, win without, without Drew Brees? Brees? Right, yep. But yep. they are very, very similar yep. in terms of their resume, in terms of the records. We just right. gave it to you. Man. I mean, right. it's right. kind of the same. Right. But yet, Jason Garrett, uh, not Jason Garrett, I'm sorry, Sean Payton is referred to as like the second coming. And yep. Mike McCarthy's a bumbling yep. idiot. Right. Yep. It is true. I think part of that is Aaron Rodgers is, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, helped, helped that reputation that McCarthy has. I think that's part of it. 
What do you think he's going to do, by the way? <sighs> i tell you what. I wouldn't mind having him. Of course. Now, I will say this, though. The only caveat I have to Aaron Rodgers, you have to give up a lot to get him. We got to win, right? We got to win with him. Like, like, like getting to the AFC title game with Aaron Rodgers and losing is not enough. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one thing. Uh, you, it, it's risky. But I would, you know, I'd have to think long and hard. What am I giving up to get him? But I'd have to consider it for sure. He is six years younger than Tom Brady who is probably going to quarterback right. again next year somewhere, maybe even in the AFC East. Imagine that. You think he's gone, Rodgers? You think he's out? No, nah, I, I lean towards him staying, but I wouldn't rule it out. He's a weird guy. You never know yeah. what he wants. Yeah, I don't think I don't think LaFleur is any good, by the way, as a head coach. But that's me. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, Bro, have, a, have a, a great weekend. Enjoy uh, everybody. Enjoy all the wild card games. Uh, Evan will be, of course, Monday with Craig Cart in his regular 2 o'clock slot. And I'll be uh, on with BT and Tiki Monday at 1140. Bro, be good. Have a good one, man. Enjoy the football, bro. All the love, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.